Hello, welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. Yeah, let's do it. Get energy up. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they're truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we'll compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we want a bird as we talk about Iron Man 2. Gentlemen, hello. How are we doing? Good. That was an interesting accent you did. As. You know, it's good. It's good. I, the I best like I can it. do. The best I can do. I as want know, the bird. As we know from this show, I don't have the best accent. Can you do Arnold? I, I forget. What was the... Uh, <laughs> what was the... Uh, oh, babak. <laughs> oh, babak. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but Andrew, we are yeah. once again joined by new Andrew. Hello, hello, how are we doing? hello. Thanks for having me again. Um, you came back. I'm surprised we haven't scared you off yet. I'm. I keep coming back, and I, uh, I'm just hanging on for the ride. All right, hanging on. Um, but this week, we're talking about everybody's favorite Iron Man film, Iron Man Two. Uh huh. Um, it's exciting. The third movie in the uh, in the MCU Phase One. Uh, it's a big week, guys. Big week. I don't know if it's a big week. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't know if it's a no. big week. It's, it's it's a week. I don't know if it's a big one, but it's it's fine. You know, the movie's solid. Yeah. It's solid. It's better than I remembered. Uh, I think you summarized this very well some time ago. I don't even know if you've said this on mic before, but people hate Iron Man 2 because it's not Iron Man 1. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think I texted you that this week because I watched this movie and I was pleasantly surprised because I know this is a movie that kind of has the reputation of being the lower section in the lower section of, of uh, the MCU, kind of being a disappointing mm-hmm. sequel, not living up to the hype that people had, which to now see what we're dealing with recently with a lot of the movies that came out recently, now it's funny to kind of see people were saying this all the way back in 2009 or whatever, or 2010 or whatever it was, trying to call this, and, and I think we've seen that. No, it's actually maybe not that as low as people thought, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think revisiting it again... With um, newer or you know fresher eyes or whatever, because I was one of them too. That I kind of was like, oh, it was maybe not as good, um, but I think I just kind of that soaked into my mind from the public opinion overall. And I watched it, and I was like, I enjoyed it. Like I thought it was pretty solid. Like yeah, there's flaws, and, and it's definitely not the first movie. But it's like you just the first movie was special. Not everything can be like that. Like mm-hmm. I think it's completely fair to have a second movie that's still. Pretty good. Yeah. It might just not be as good as the first one. Yeah. New yeah. Andrew, how do you feel? Yeah, no, I, I actually really like this movie. Yeah. I think it does a lot of heavy lifting. It's sort of like a necessary It is necessary. Movie. It, it really kind of, uh, it transitions from the solo, you know, Iron Man 1, solo, basically Hulk. And then you get Iron Man 2 where they start to really, you start to see the connective tissue and some of the formula that you see in the other ones. Yeah. And I think they bring in a lot of cool elements. I love the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy it. I wanted to text you this, and I didn't, but I think Iron Man Two is the Fast and Furious Four. I was going to say MCU, that, yes. right? Yeah. Like it's the most necessary movie. You need this movie to get to all the oh, good yeah. stuff later on. And I'm sure we're going to talk about all the Shield stuff and how that mm-hmm. was like. Favreau didn't want it, but Marvel pushed for yeah. it, and how it. I think it makes the movie better and actually like uh, makes sense later on because yeah. without that. Like, Winter Soldier doesn't work. Like, all right. of these other movies don't yeah. work unless yeah. you start establishing it now. Um, and I think we're in agreement. It was probably the right call by Marvel to, yeah. to say, put it in there. Um, but, like, I, I'm interested to talk about that stuff, too. And just how, like, the response to that is, oh, it's it's a little forced. Like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff is forced. And yeah. I don't feel like that. I was yeah, like, they, I, I, all of that really worked for me. Like, all the Nick Fury scenes really worked for me. Yeah, those um, are fun. 
Yeah, yeah, and I thought all the shield stuff was fine. I didn't think, like, it was forced. Like, I walked away yeah. from it, and I was like, well, you kind of, you need this. If you're going to tell this overarching story, and you know you want to use shield, you have to start somewhere. Like, you can't. Yeah. It, like, I and I think some of those elements are prevalent in Thor next week. The shield stuff yeah, a, little a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more, But, yeah. like, you can't really do it as much with Captain America First Avenger. The you Avengers, can do the origins of it. Yeah, the, yeah. the Avengers, you, you can't really either because it's a giant team-up movie well, you anyway. Need, you need it's shield. It's there, but, like, it's not, like, the main part of the story. Shield needs to be established yes. by the time they get to Avengers. Exactly. Because shield plays a big so part the, in the Avengers. This so movie they, is needed yeah. to start setting those... To start Start like laying those uh, those roots. Yeah, because from what I remember of the time, um, and I remember this. I remember when this movie came out. I actually saw this movie twice in the same day, like opening day. There you was went like, twice the Saturday. Yeah, I think then the Saturday after it opened, I went with a group of people in the morning, uh-huh. and then my other friend texted me and was like, "Hey, you want to see Iron Man 2? I was like, "I already saw it, but I'll see it again." And I went the same day, um, and I think the the projection actually like messed up while watching it the second time and i got a free ticket out of it so oh, nice. it worked out anyway i'd already seen the, the movie to see it a third time yeah exactly yeah, i didn't get to see this third time. 2010 right it did yeah, yeah nice just a day um, in the life of ryan in 2010 <laughs> going to see iron man 2 twice in the <laughs> that day was some good times it was a good time oh it was a, it was a good day it was a good day no i i enjoyed it but i remember the um i think the criticisms at the time were um it did feel the shield stuff felt forced. The movie felt a little sloppy, mm-hmm. and people didn't like kind of like the multiple villains type of thing. But again, I thought that that worked because it's not like I really Spider-Man <laughs> Three, where you have three physical villains that are constantly attacking him at any angle. Oh, you have the physical villain of Ivan of, of Ivan, and then you, yeah. of Ivan Vanko, and then you have the not physical by any means, but quote unquote smart intelligent villain of Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer is so funny. In this. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. Um, Rockwell is, he's, ama- he's amazing. Uh, yeah. Playing off of that. So it's it's two villains, but it's a team. Yes. They're working together to carry out this. So I think that that works. There is a conversation to have about Mickey Rourke. Um, yeah. I, I I really, when we get to him, we can, we yeah, can talk yeah. about it. But I, I, I want to talk about him because... I have feelings uh, I on his performance, and I know that you are a little bit more positive on it. And there, there's a specific aspect of his <laughs> of his performance yes. you really liked. I really like, um, and he's not talking. I'm That's just gonna, the thing. He's just not gonna, talking when he's doing it. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm a really big fan of Mickey Rourke's computer acting in this movie. He's got the little glasses <laughs> on, and he's just it. like, shh. He like, does, yeah. <laughs> It's and like great that, toothpick uh, work. Yeah, yeah great He's got toothpick the toothpick work. in the mouth, yeah, moving it back stuff. and forth with the computer. But I, I want to... I, there's things I want to really talk strong. about. It's really strong. Yes, I agree with you. The computer acting is very strong. But, like, there's other things I want to talk about when we get to him. Because yeah. I don't... I don't think he's the best villain. I, I think he's kind of... It's a little over the top he's for not, me. He's not... Um, um, but I, I, I do think Rockwell's incredible in this movie. I think he's so funny. And I love how he... <laughs> whenever he talks, he has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> yeah. and he's just constantly like and he repeats things a lot as he's talking yeah. which is kind of like uh, a sign of someone who has no idea what they're talking about because yeah, they'll just yeah. keep saying the same thing over and over it's again what we do here um whenever somebody uh, doesn't know what they're talking about they keep repeating the same thing over <laughs> and over again <laughs> but yeah it's it's a it's a great performance by him uh no but i i do agree like i i, I do understand i get it Looking at it as a straight Iron Man sequel, like, oh, it feels a little weird that there's mm. all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff in there all of a sudden. Yeah. But looking at it as the third movie in the MCU, 
I understand why they put S.H.I.E.L.D. in there. Like, I, I get... Like, if this was just a standalone Iron Man movie, it'd be like, why did you include all that? That's right. a little, you know, that's a little strange. But they're building to something. And I think I think retroactively looking back on it works a little bit better because you, you see where they're going yeah. and what they do with S.H.I.E.L.D. And then yeah. they're building S.H.I.E.L.D. up to be something big, ultimately for them to that's actually break great, it apart that's actually, too that's actually a great point to like kind of mention that like maybe for the time period it didn't work because people were like what's all this shield stuff and yeah. i think now retroactively we look back on it we go oh that makes sense i'm sure it was a little that. jarring yeah because now look at winter soldier yeah, and how good that movie that is like, it's because they laid the roots here it needs to happen i know right? it's a, i know it's a couple weeks away but when i when we first saw the avengers yeah and i watched it for the first time i was thrown off that it opens up with Shield, it's like mm-hmm. it's like ten minutes of Shield. It's not it's not Iron Man. It's not Captain America. It's not Thor. It's just Shield. Shield headquarters. I was actually pretty thrown off by that because I knew they were an aspect of the movie, but I did. I guess I didn't realize how important they were going to be right. in that film. So I I understand now like what that they are trying to set the groundwork and be mm-hmm. like, look, this is this is important. This is important information. You need to know this. We need to build up Black Widow. We need you need to know who Nick Fury is. We're showing off again. They're building. They're slowly building up the role of Coulson for this payoff that's going to happen in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like they are building that stuff up. So I think they. I do think it is important that it's here. And yeah. and yeah, like I do understand because the big thing is is Favreau's frustrations. I guess with with that, right? He wasn't. I wonder happy. Now, I, well, I wonder if he looks back on that now and and kind of goes, "Oh, I get it. Well, like, I, think I get the, what you were doing." I think the fact that he's still in the movies, yeah, and he still does like you know he did like the when Endgame came out, they did the director's roundtable when he was there. Like the fact that he's still around yeah. the world of it all. Yeah, that and if the he was of it, Happy Hogan, yeah. still that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, if he was, if he was, if he was pissed off, yeah. he would be. He would cut it. He wouldn't have been in right. Iron Man three. Whatever. I think that he had some frustrations, but I think he found a way he's to. Gotten over it. Well, I think he found a way to. As I, to my fun facts, he found a way to express himself of those frustrations. And oh, we'll talk great. about that. Oh, in cool. The fun facts. I but, can't um, wait. Do you guys want to just uh, start talking about Iron Man two? I guess. Yeah, let's talk about Iron Man two, man. Uh, so Iron Man two, uh, everybody's favorite Iron Man movie. Um, Is that what you're going to do the whole episode? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just going to keep going, uh, everyone's favorite Iron Man movie? As a release date of May 7th, 2010. Yeah, baby. summer money, baby. Yes. Summer money. Yeah. Um, kick off. I think, it, again, that's we're going to see that that's kind of Marvel estate. All right. They love that. They love the early May, um, you know, even late April, they, they yeah. grow to be. Um, and I like that they're doing the same thing they did kind of with the first Iron Man movie. We're going to get the Incredible Hulk 2 a month later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about the Incredible and it's just, Hulk and too. It's just a complete bummer of a movie, and nobody likes it's it. Norton's back. It's the Norton cut. It opens it's with seventy-five him, minutes. It, opens with, it the, opens with him going to kill himself. It's a whole thing. That's the subtitle. It's Incredible Hulk two. Norton's back. <laughs> Norton's back. Oh man! Um, but directed by John Favreau. Yeah. Um, and look, he's apparently talk- very frustrated. I don't know if I recall that John Favreau had directed the sequel. He did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting that he did because it's 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 not like Iron it Man. Doesn't feel like yeah. It doesn't Favreau. feel like Iron. Yeah. It yeah. Doesn't well, feel, but I feel like this was kind of also the first Marvel movie in a way that Marvel had a lot of input on. Like they were kind of coming they, in and they saying started this is what we more, want. Yeah. Like they started coming in more and saying this is what we want and this is where we want to go. And uh, I think this is one of the first movies that really did that. And I think maybe Favreau was kind of the first one to receive well, that kind of like 
it, uh, input, and maybe that's part of why he mm-hmm. was like. Mm. It's interesting because mm. I think a lot of people expected Favreau to be the one that was going to basically helm the MCU, like in a way, a kind of similar way that the Russo brothers were kind of looked at too. In like Phase Three, Phase yeah. Two, Phase Three, they were kind of looked at, uh, or he was kind of looked at as like everybody expected him to do the Avengers, and everybody expected right. him to kind of be this guy and. This is the last movie he directs in this. He's never directed series. another. Yeah, you're and, right. He's yeah. never directed another MCU. He's, movie. he's been in them, he's but, he hasn't, them, but, but he hasn't. Directed, directed them. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's been producer on some of them. I think he's he probably I think he's, produced Iron Man three. I think he's I a producer on Iron Man mm-hmm. three. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to. We'll get there when we. I imagine get there, he is. I imagine I, yeah. he is. But yeah, I mean, it, I think as a director, as a as a job of a director, I think he does a good job here. Again, it's a it's a well shot movie. Yeah, I yeah. I think the action scenes, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, Really stand out. I think mm-hmm. they're, you know, we are seeing more of the straight action and less of the spectacle of the development of the suit because now the suit's there and everything like that. We're getting full on action and fight scenes and stuff like that. And to I a think, degree. to a degree, I, yeah, um, I, I think this movie not, lacks a little action. Not as many, but um, but the action scenes aren't him flying up and down in, a, in the in right. the suit anymore. I think there's some more creative. Uh, action scenes in this one. Well, I think you know we'll talk about when we get the well, scenes, some, but I think some the, good stuff with War Machine. I think the yeah. racetrack is a the standout track. overall. That feels very Favreau. Too. Yeah, yeah. If I have um, really like visceral. My little yeah. racetrack Funko Pop set over uh, over there. I my love it. Whiplash versus Iron oh, Man. Nice. Uh, I meant to actually put it on the table. I forgot to. Oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good, good. That was the inspiration we needed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I think there are some... Uh, you're right, it is missing a little bit of action. But I think I, a lot of... There is action uh, in here, but like I think a lot of this movie... To me, this is a character development. It is. For Tony, it more is. than anything. Like, but, it feels like this character development movie, and you get the action, you get uh, a couple scenes that really work, like the racetrack scene, uh, when he when he fights... Uh, War Machine. War Machine, yeah. Rhodey, when he actually has like the fight in the house, yeah. and then the ending, when they team up. All of that's great, but I feel like there's so much of the movie between, where they're yeah. building Tony out and they're deepening the friendship with Rhodey and they're showing they're kind of in a way building Tony up to be the leader that he kind of becomes yeah. in yeah. the Avengers, you know, and uh, co co leader I should say because I would say uh, Captain America is the other one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and with the character development too, there's uh, you know what we said a little bit, but universe development, mm-hmm. right? Because this, I believe, it shows the Stark Expo in this, it does. which we and then we see, we then see the, the older origins. Stark Expo in yeah. the Cat movie later on, which we'll you know get to those two, and so they start to lay sort of the, a lot of the groundwork for how it connects overall, and some of that stuff we hadn't even seen at that point yet. Yeah, yeah. that Stark Expo is wild. Yeah, it just makes <laughs> me think of like I, I don't know, like you're watching him up there, and he's like. He's dancing around. He's got the dancers behind him, and he's like, the whole thing is going on. And I'm watching this. And I'm like, this is just like, like what a billionaire playboy guy and would do. It feels like something Elon Musk would do. Yeah, well, nowadays. he hasn't. We're gonna we're gonna like talk about him. Do he's in this movie? I know <laughs> yeah. he has a little cameo, but it does feel like something he would do. And yeah, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. And the fact that they casually mention that it's going on for a year. This isn't like yeah. a week. Year. This is a year. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's like a play on the whole World's Fair thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, they bring in a lot of that Walt Disney stuff too. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that it, it, it very de- definitely does feel a lot of like Disney. The the whole Howard Stark stuff. Yeah. It's very clearly a riff off oh, of off of the Florida Walt Disney. Project. Yeah. Walt he's Disney like saying he's like, this is the city of the future. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, like Walt Disney literally waiting did this. for Tinkerbell. 
flying. Is, yeah, right? yeah. Like, literally, there was like Disney. Like Disney was sitting there going, "This is the city of tomorrow." I yeah. think you call yeah. it the city of tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Was this the first movie? When is the Marvel Disney? It's not yet. I, I, I have it in... 2011? When does I, that happen? I have it in my facts. I don't remember what movie it is, but I have it in my facts. Okay, cool, cool. And I, was, I, I wasn't sure if this was the first one post And then two... Just, just going to throw it out here sure. now. We'll get there in a couple weeks when we get there. But they they bought... They, it might have been around this time that they bought it, mm-hmm. but But the they, movie wasn't distributed by Disney. They don't, they don't mm-hmm. take... They buy the... Disney buys the rights... From Paramount mm-hmm. at one point, but the like the couple of movies are still listed as Paramount movies. So like when you start them, it'll be Paramount in the opening. But technically, Disney owns them at the time, but they're just right. not. It's not like they're throwing Paramount at the window. They're letting Paramount. Oh yeah, I mean, still, even, when, yeah. I mean, because they I, put I've the money watching, in. They bought the movie after. In development. Yeah, exactly. when you watch when you watch on Disney Plus, it literally opens with the Paramount opening. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a question of that. It was just a question of is this the first Disney distributed? And I was like, no, it's not, because I remember this one had the Paramount yeah. opening too. But but what I mean is there are technically movies that are under the Disney umbrella. Gotcha. While they own them, that still say Paramount. So you can't necessarily go by the logos. They're gotcha, still. Gotcha, gotcha. Paramount made them technically, but Disney is the one that distributed them that released the movie. I see what you're saying. Okay, um, cool. But yeah, so uh, any other thoughts on uh, John Favreau overall? Is he as a director? Wasn't really. <laughs> that wasn't really about John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I think. But I want to say I think he shot the movie very well. Yeah, uh, and I like what you said. There, uh, the racetrack scene is very visceral and it feels mm-hmm. very Favreau. It feels like something that he would shoot. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all of that. Um, I think he had a good vision for the movie, and I, mm-hmm. and, and you know. Again, I understand that despite it's not, his frustration, I understand it's not. I guess apparently, from what we understand, not the movie that he wanted to make, or at least not fully. But I think that he does a good job balancing those things up. Right. The shield stuff to me, watching this this time, really didn't feel forced. Like not just because oh we need shield, it didn't feel. It feels like it's blended into the it movie. Fe- it's really very not well. that much. No, it's not that much. Yeah. I mean, like it's like a couple scenes, well, but it's not like. I wonder if he want, and I don't. Again, I don't have this in the fun facts or anything. I wonder if he wanted to go more in the demon of a bo- demon in a bottle type of route, the alcoholism and kind yeah. of things like that. Well, you do see shades of that he, in some of the it's scenes. It's only in one yeah. scene, and yeah. there's a deleted. But even scene. with the alcoholism, it's because he's dying. Yeah, like I he, wonder he maybe if this... that was like in the, what's the uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness when they use the uh, robots. Yeah, they had wanted to get covered in oil instead yeah. of blood, yeah, so well they could have that sort of scene. Yeah, I wonder if maybe he wanted to do the demon in a bottle thing, and and they used some of that, you know, poisoning, palladium yeah. poisoning mm. in place of that. Mm. Yeah, I I definitely would think that that's you as you don't realize it, but blood is such a saturated thing, like in PG like it's just they they take desaturated or whatever, they take it out so much in. PG thirteen movies, things feel bloodless, and when you you don't realize it, famously the Wolverine. Yeah, well that and but the, the the example I'm thinking of too is I recently re-listened to our Fast Five episode, and I mentioned watching the extended cut of Fast Five, yeah. which is only seventy three seconds longer, <laughs> uh, but it, it it has all the blood put back into the movie right. that he had Justin Lin had made the movie with blood featured into it, right, um, and then took it out so it doesn't feel it feels a little bloodless, so it yeah. feels yeah. But when you watch the extended cut, it does feel kind of brutal. You feel like just seeing it, you don't realize it. Just seeing it does make things feel a little bit more real. And I think people, for some reason, they're really sensitive to 
blood being featured, even in the slightest manner. So I think kind of taking that stuff out, not wanting to do it. So I can definitely see... A couple cuts on the face. Yeah, but what I can see, whether it be Paramount or whatever, oh, well, we can't fully touch on alcoholism, so we have to find a way to work around it. Sure. He, He has a scene where he's drunk, but he's just doing things like peeing in a suit. He's not, you know... He's not distancing himself. He's not ruining relationships. He's not hurt. Everybody's going to forgive Tony in the end, and it's yeah. all going to work out. He's just a drunk jerk. He's not, you know, mm-hmm. a, he's not an evil person or whatever. Right, right. So, I don't know. That's a good take. Um, written by Justin Thoreau. That was fascinating <laughs> to me, actually. When I saw that name come up, I was like, oh, Justin Thoreau. Like, the actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know he and wrote writer. this movie. And yeah. writer, yeah, he does write. And I always forget he's a writer. And then you watch this movie and you're like, he wrote an MCU movie. He That's wrote fascinating. A, he wrote uh, another movie that Robert Downey Jr. is featured in. It's one of your personal favorites. It's a comedy from 2008. It uh, is. It is called Tropic Thunder. It's Tropic Thunder. It's called Tropic Thunder. Ah. <laughs> that's fascinating. Well, him and Ben Stiller, right? Yeah, at least right. so, yeah. But um, Justin Thoreau was a writer on it, on and that's, that's how fantastic. he that's how that he is got a job. It is a personal favorite. That's, how, he, that that's how he got this job. <laughs> yeah, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what a year for him. <laughs> what a year for Justin Thoreau to have, like, uh, Tropic Thunder in 2008, then two years later, Iron Man 2. Yeah. That's incredible. Good for him. I think, uh, I think it's He's a good again, actor, too. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Again, I, I think as uh, far as writing goes, I, I think you know, I think it's even with solid, all the Force Shield stuff, it's. Pretty I think good. it's pretty solid, yeah, I, and, yeah. and you know, you can tell that. I don't think okay, I don't think Ivan Vanko is well written. I'll just say that. Okay, no, That's I okay. I think I don't think he's that well written. I think the movie needs another edit. Like I was watching. You said the, this. You think it needs I was a watching the movie, yeah. going like feeling like, and I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back of any means, but I was like, I feel like I could. <laughs> I feel like even I could like kind of re-edit this into something else. Like I think that there's a an even better movie that can kind of just be placed and moved around a little bit with what's there. Kevin Feige, so. you heard it here. We have a professional. <laughs> He's patting himself on the back, and he really no, wants the job. No, you can say no, please. It's the um, Ryan cut. Don't back down. I'll be like Stallone in that making a Rocky, the making of the Rocky <laughs> Four edit, where you sit on the couch going, "Yeah, put that back." Yeah, uh, put that back in. Yeah, I like that. Um, but now I, you I'm, cut that f-ing robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you no, know, I I understand the criticisms of the writing. I actually think that there is something that is missing a little bit from this movie of the improv nature of the first movie. Yeah. Like I think it does. This, feel... this is the first one. This is the Iron Man two. It feels scripted. It does. Like you walk away from it, and you're like, it feels like every line was scripted. It doesn't really. That's the thing. That's that's what it's missing. Like I kind of was walking away from it. And I was something's like, something's missing. It feels yeah. like our DJ was on a leash this time. Yeah, and he wasn't allowed to really fire off his one-liners as much. Like I'm sure he was allowed to improv some stuff, but it felt very scripted this time. Yeah. It felt like he was kind of chained to the script, and he wasn't allowed to do what he did in the first movie. Yeah, and I think they go back to that in the third movie. Like they kind of let him off the leash more in the third movie, mm-hmm. and even with the Avengers films, I think they just kind of let him go. But in this movie, this is the one that feels scripted, and maybe that's why this doesn't work. And maybe they learn a lesson from it, and they go, "Okay, lesson learned. Just let RDJ do whatever he wants, yeah. and that's it." Yeah, I, I think that this one too. It's like this is the first time th- that it seems like they're trying to, you know, establish this formula for okay, 
what's an MCU movie, not what's a good Iron Man movie. Right. What's an MCU movie? So they're getting interference probably from, I think at this point it was that panel of like 15 or 16 people. Yeah, there was a whole thing. It's not just Feige. And it's it's Ike Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter. That's your favorite. favorite. Yeah, my favorite. (laughs) So you're getting all these voices sort of, you know, trying to shape it. You have John Favreau, obviously he has what he wants to do, and RDJ probably has his thoughts on it too. And I don't think at this point they could figure out that marriage between the two. Where yeah. you see, like, in in Endgame, jumping way ahead, you see, like, the super scripted stuff. But then they're laying on the table together, looking at, you know, trying to figure out time travel together. And it feels very natural. Yeah. So I think that there's spots you can do both. But yeah. at this point, I don't think they had figured out how to do that quite well. And at yet. that point, when you yeah. have people like Paul Rudd... And stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's what he brings. Right. It's like a, a looseness kind mm-hmm. of, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think of, like, when I think of Paul Rudd and Ant-Man, I think of that commercial they did where it's just him and Michael Douglas going, I saw that recently, like, when it when Mania came out this year, and that resurfaced because it was coming up, and people were resurfacing that cliff. And I'm like, this is just bad <laughs> crazy, so and I love it. So it's funny. so funny. They're just, ants, Ant-Man. And they're just, I'm like, what the is this like that's that's how they should promote Marvel movies? <laughs> they should, no, they should go back happen. to that. Like, they should go back to that because that's they, great marketing. They probably mm. paid a million dollars for that. That's, commercial. that's yeah. the kind of marketing that we like, and <laughs> I want to see more of it. Um, but yeah, no, I think it. I really quickly is Perlmutter the guy who tried to get Feige fired? Yes, yes. that's him, right? Yes, because I know there was like a moment where face. Feige was like, "I don't know if I'm yeah, gonna he, still be here." This was the guy who tried Perlmutter to get him fired. Perlmutter is right? just yep. an absolute like he he was involved in like the Trump stuff. Yeah. And oh, he's insane. He, and okay. he was and he Not just that. was. He's he's a millionaire. <laughs> he's a rich guy. No, but like, not the label. Ourselves he's the guy that are, like. But I think it's pretty clear. You know, again, from uh-huh. what I understand, like he went to like a critic screening of one of the Marvel movies and was complaining that they got two po- two sodas or two popcorns and everybody, and they had yeah. to cut back. He was like, he was a bean you know, counter. Yeah, and, like, and, and, uh, like okay. he was blocking Captain Marvel and Black Panther, those yeah. types of movies from being made. And like you mentioned I like see. the sexualization of Black Widow, which we'll talk about in we this movie. We will talk about in this movie. That I feel like really a lot of that's probably yeah. him. Like uh-huh. He was the guy that didn't believe that... Scarlett Johansson walked in the room and he was like, Get her in a bra. Well, it, he was the one. He literally like has said he <laughs> women or girls girls figures don't sell toys. So like you know again like a little thing for Iron Man three. But um, was it Rebecca Hall? I think is the actress's name was yeah. supposed to be the villain of Iron Man three. Yep. And yep. he said no. Nobody wants to buy a girl a toy. A girl action figure. They don't sell action figures. You need to make it Audra Killian because you know the Audra Killian dolls are selling like hotcakes. I have eight. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have eight. Um, yeah. Aldra, yeah. Oh, and man. he, um, you know, to relate to this movie, it's unfortunate because Guy um, Pierce is pretty good in that movie. But, but uh, to relate to this movie, he's the guy who, when they said, you know, came to, you know, they wanted to replace uh, Howard with Cheadle, he said, "Well, they all look the same anyway." Ooh. Like he, like it's not. It doesn't matter. Like, Ooh. and and that's again. That is not my belief. That is what this man no, said. I, I, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is what Ooh. this head of a company said. Like all black people look so, the same anyway. So, so it, it is, doesn't matter. This is good that Ike Perlmutter is no longer. He's a real piece yeah. of. Shit. He's finally, actually a piece. He of finally got fired. Yeah, yeah. Feige like, went straight to Iger and basically threatened to walk. Yeah. And when is, when Iger is shows when, correctly. When is Perlmutter well, out of the picture? Well, he gets demoted. To like, because it was, because everything was 
kind of together for a little bit. And right. He got demoted to the TV. Around phase two. Around phase two. But he just lost his job like a, like a gotcha. couple months ago. Yeah, but, but he, was, he was no longer involved with the film the, the, the the films, phase yeah. two, which was the best And then recently because, he got fired. And gotcha. not to get too much in the weeds, but that's why they had issues connecting the shows and the movies. Right. Because, Pearl Letter would okay, block cool. that because he had the bad blood with Feige. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, good to know. So, yeah. but, you know I think God. he's an important guy to talk about during phase no, one as we go through this, I, though. Because I, I know we've mentioned Pearl before, but I, was, I wasn't sure. I was like, that's the guy who tried to get but Feige fired. I want to mention that because that is such a thing that is prevalent at this time, we we've mentioned it in the past on other things we've done racism and sexism mm-hmm. um are hurdles that are i think just now finally being put down right and we still well, see well, and fascinatingly enough even through phase one phase two phase three the whole thing with the infinity saga what's the thing everybody says it's just a bunch of white heroes yeah right yeah, yeah. which is absolutely true outside yeah. of black panther who gets introduced in civil war yeah which is very late to have your first black but hero. that's why it took but so like, long yeah it, that's why it took so long but it, it is kind of the thing that looms over the infinity saga is it kind of is just all white heroes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well for the, they they did not think that a, a a black superhero could open up a billion dollar movie or that a woman could open up a billion dollar movie mm-hmm. they both they did. both did you know what I mean? So it's, like, it's like there's an audience for it. Yeah. It's like people want to see those things because you know, people are mostly pretty good. But that's you know, but and nobody really cares. And it, it's it, they're they're feeding into the lowest common denominator mm. of an audience by not by trying to fight that because you get the people that like you know things get completely bombed right. Mm-hmm. Critically, like She Hulk got bombed, or whatever, just because yeah. it has a woman, right, or, it, or right. it touches on subjects like that. So I don't know. All right. Well, um, let's move on from yeah, the talk moving. of. Uh, Hero Ike Perlmutter. Oh, Hero. Uh, all on right. This podcast. Uh, budget. You too, Tucker. Go ahead. <laughs> budget. One hundred and seventy to two hundred million dollars. That's, that's a lot. Good budget. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Wow, especially a, for the time. Yeah. That's a settlement for the tuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I will stop talking about him. He's a piece of. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> But you know, it's it's a pretty impressive budget. It's I a think. pretty impressive budget. Um, it's much more than the um, the other no, two. Uh, no, it's not that much more. I don't think you said two hundred and one hundred seventy to two hundred. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. I, I think the other ones were like first one was if I remember it was like yeah, it was one fifty, one forty, one something, something like that. Like and then Hulk was right around like one forty to one seventy. And I they're think, still so. using they're still using that five hundred. As far million, as I know, yeah. and also okay. probably the profits off of. Probably the, the first Iron Man. Right. Well, the first Iron Man movie. Not the Incredible Hulk. They didn't get anything from the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, they were like, nah. Um, they're in the red for yeah, that they're one. They're in the red for that um, one. Actually what, actually, they made, actually, what they made from Iron Man went to paying <laughs> off yeah. the Incredible they're Hulk. They're actually in the red. Not the Hollywood accounting where they say, uh, what was it? Oh, they said one of the Harry Potter movies never made money. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, they all made money. Box office. $623.9 million. Wow. Pretty good. Wow. Pretty good. good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's pretty high. As we always um, talk about too, like you hear Marvel, you think billion, you think this. But this, like, but this is a this build. Before, yeah, this is a build because the first Avengers is the is a billion, it's correct? A billion, yeah. So this is like it's a the first, build yeah. to that, which is fascinating. Like, yeah. oh wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But is again, it, I think a lot of that is goodwill from the first Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, people, people love just the like, first Let's Iron just Man go because it's RDJ. Yeah, and it's making their money, and it's. And then that's again that's box office alone. But think about what they're making off of merchandising and things like you know and product placement. Killian toys. Yeah, exactly. All all those Ultra Killian toys. You know, they're really flying off the shelves even now. (laughs) Even now, you can't keep them. You know how we're. (laughs) 
You know how we're all still sitting here going, uh, it's Faze Killian? Yeah, when you <laughs> when you press his stomach, he goes, I face. am the Mandarin. <laughs> I am the Mandarin. That's aged well. Yeah. As we all know now, it's a uh, um, great Tony Leung. But a dom- domestic opening box office, uh, and it's opening weekend here in America, mm-hmm. this made $128 million, and it was number one at the box office for two weeks. So, Only two weeks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, again, even at this time, you're seeing you're seeing things come out. It's harder for things to really last, right? I'm sure if I look, it was probably number two. Right. And after the two weeks, I mean, it's mm-hmm. still there, but yeah. you know, you're getting new things. One hundred twenty-eight million for first. It's a good weekend. Yeah. But like, th- that's fascinating because even like going into and that's only America. Well, you said domestic box office. Domestic box. So, you know, but like, I was gonna say that number, that domestic box office number, that's like what Guardians 3 is tracking for opening weekend, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. That's what's wild about that. Because like, that's what it's tracking This for. is, re- we're going to, de- sorry, Tony, this is recorded before the release of Guardians 3. So. You know, he'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, inter- it's interesting to see that. But yeah, I think this, I don't know if they were doing it at the time, but I know for a while Marvel was releasing their movies that we mentioned internationally before. Like Europe usually got them before we did mm-hmm. and they were out for a week or two I always hated that yeah like that like another country would get it before and then if, if you were active on the internet or anything scary or like enough chat to spoil, rooms, spoil it, spoil yeah. it. Mm-hmm. and then you kind of went to the movie and you're like oh geez yeah, yeah. you would have to like stay off the internet for a week yeah that, that's insane i'm so glad that they finally changed that it's just although i'm already hearing much. some people are like just spoiling guardians 3 which is angering me because i'm, I'm sure like, there's like just... you know rules against that and uh, I've, no I've been seeing some it. critics are just oh well variety they don't care they, variety spoiled oh, um, Eternals yeah like I right remember. and I think they what did oh, they say wow. they were like You're, oh they're like Harry Styles shows up so pissed off about that you <laughs> sent me a whole thing like you can't do this like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I, they think they were like yeah Harry Styles pops up in the the post credits scene as as Starbuck or Star Fox or whatever his name is Starbuck <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's did, did you also right? say Star Fox like the no Nintendo that's 64? his name that's his name yeah Star Fox is his name his name is Star yeah it is. Yeah. No way. Starbuck is from Galact is um Katie Senkoff's character from Battlestar Galactica. That's why. Uh, that's why I got that in my, his name in my is head. Star Fox. Why yeah. did I not catch that? Oh, yeah. because I didn't care about. Well, and they don't they don't say it. <laughs> that's in the why. Movie. Yeah. Right. That's um, why. But yeah, he's Star Fox <laughs> or whatever. I remember Patton Oswalt. He was great. <laughs> God. The, 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 the troll. That yeah, was. it was fantastic. Oh, I man. thought he was great. I was like, this is great. I um, want more of that. But no, like they said that like, he, he comes out and like in the. Oh, before the movie's even out, they 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 put it right in their thing, and then the next time a Marvel movie comes out, they get an invitation to go to the thing. It's like, come on! They shouldn't like, invite him back at that. Point. Yeah, yeah, it's you're just blatantly spoiling everything. It's so. Well, it's I so loved awful. when Marvel just stopped showing the full movies to people. Yeah, and that, that was, was so yeah. funny. That's funny. Look at that other guy who was spo- who spoiled the uh, No Way Home stuff. Oh, John Campion. Oh, that guy's such yeah. a yeah. He, well, he was he like, no way home. He, he, he put out on Twitter, put out photos of he was like, these are so fake. and Toby, and he was like, these are so fake. And, Char- and, and Charlie Cox. And Charlie Cox. And Marvel reached out to him and said, you, you got to take those down <laughs> so because it was, like, it was oh, legit. Oh, it's legit. It's legit. So, and he was like, oh. So then he took them down. So then you're like, oh, that's, that's real. And then they, invited, he took them down. they still invited him to go see the pre- it, He's such an ass. What did he do? He oh, he uh, saw. He, he kept t- he kept bragging that he saw it like three or four, four times. And he's no, like, it's really good. That, and then he, no, but he saw he saw was it a Star Wars thing mm. or was it uh, he saw one of the was it Obi Wan Kenobi? I think maybe it was Obi Wan. He yeah. saw something early, and they say like, "Hey, you cannot do a review on this." There's an embargo. He did it anyway, and then he did it because he didn't. They didn't send him 
the thing, he went to a friend and watched it through a friend or something. He was finding, and the he's like, "Well, it's not. I did, they didn't send it to me, so I don't have. I didn't. I never signed an embargo, so I can put up a review of Obi Wan or whatever it was five days early before anybody else in the internet." I was like, "Go f- yourself!" Like he's like finding you know. loopholes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Iron Man two. Let's get back to that. We're yes. really off the rails. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score critics certified fresh at seventy one percent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, people, I, people it, like it. People like critics liked it. Uh, audience fresh at seventy one percent. Oh wow, tied. Okay, Consistent. so audiences liked it too. I was yeah. I was anticipating a little lower just because everybody's like, oh, Iron Man Two's not that good. I know but that's cool. That, that's what I, I always find it weird. Them like this has a reputation of not being a good movie or well liked movie, and right. they're still pretty solid Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah, right, like yeah. I don't know. Wait till we um, get to Eternals. <laughs> not that it, not Ugh. that Rotten Tomato scores they don't matter. They don't matter. Like, I'm I'm kind of in that camp of feeling like they don't matter because I'm like it's just it's just a consensus. They don't matter to me personally, but I feel like they matter more and more they for did, people we, going to see the movies. Oh, for sure, because every movie now has. Let's just talk about Rotten Tomatoes now. F- Iron Man Two. Um, <laughs> there's a three hour episode. Three hour episode. Um, we'll talk about uh you know the tuck later. Um, but I want to. <laughs> Yeah, people are really dedicated to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> they are. People are really dedicated to Rotten Tomatoes because it's like if you don't see that as certified fresh, people suddenly go, "Oh, I don't want to see that." Yeah. Man. If if it's not like if it doesn't have that label, why should I go and see it? And it's, it's almost like it's almost like is it worth my time? Yeah, and then yeah. you start looking at the movie to see why you shouldn't like well, it. Well, that yes. and, and, and you start like digging through the critic reviews and you're looking at reviews and you're like, "Oh, well, this one guy said that it's it it's a little long." So I don't really want to yeah. go. And now. then if you see it, suddenly somebody you think said, it's long. Somebody said it but, slows uh, down yeah. in the middle, and now I don't really. But I and then they the, go and they're like, it's a little slow in the middle, and you're just like, and you're just repeating whatever. Yeah. I think the big thing yeah. is though is that a lot of people aren't even doing that. They're just seeing, seeing the score by fresh because they don't want to yeah. read this glowing review that somebody wrote. They just want to see a number and dictate based off the number: yeah. is it good or bad? Right. Yeah. So sometimes it doesn't impact because like the Mario movie, which is rotten from when I understand on the Rotten Tomatoes score, is making a billion dollars. Like you know, like is it rotten? I think it is rotten. Is yeah. that true? I'm pretty sure oh, it's rotten. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. I'm surprised um, that's rotten. That's fascinating. But hey, it made money, so like screw all the critics, I guess, right? Yeah. But um, they have a little, yeah, a little cushion. Because yeah. It's a more I, I, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of in that camp of feeling like um, uh, <laughs> friend of the show, Martin Scorsese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of been, he's he he has kind of come out and. I know he's got Marvel comments, but like he's talked about Rotten Tomatoes specifically and 59%. how he feels like fifty nine percent. That's yeah. fascinating. Um, he's talked about Rotten Tomatoes Audience specifically. Ninety six. Well, that happens so much more. I know now, that's too. happening the so much more. between it. And this is the problem, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like Scorsese has a great point about this, where he kind of talks about how like the art of like film review is like disappearing and. Everyone just looks at Rotten Tomatoes scores and goes, oh, well, if it's low, people aren't going to see it. But I think we're seeing more and more now that even if critics say something's bad, it's not really going to matter because you have to go and make your form your own opinion. Yeah. And something like the Mario movie, look at that. Like all well, audiences go, they love it because it's it's a it's an IP that we all love. It's yeah. an IP that we all grew up with. And, and it's kind of like you walk away from it and you just you feel good. Mm-hmm. That's going to get an audience. For critics, in. they walk in there looking yeah. for oh, it needs to be deep, and it needs to be this, and it needs to have emotion. And it's like, it's f***ing Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, what are you right. talking about? Like, nobody wants that. Mario's going to get an audience in because it's Mario, because it's yeah. a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, top, a, bra- it's it's a, a brand. brand people trust. But if 
if that was a different movie that wasn't Mario, it's probably hurt by that yeah, Rotten Tomatoes score. Exactly. You know? so, mm-hmm. But that's the thing, too, is people don't people don't understand the Rotten Tomatoes score. They think a 56% means it, it's a 56 out of 100, and that's not how that's it works. It we is. always say... It's a consensus. We're always saying it's a consensus. It's We're taking it, it, a positive review on Rotten Tomatoes could be, it was okay. Yeah. Or it could be it was the best movie ever. I've, yeah, you know and I've I mean? literally read positive reviews where it has like the fresh tomato and the guys and the person's just like it's just a very middling review. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. Or but like, I, I or don't vice know. versa. It's so rotten. It's rotten. It's like it wasn't that bad. Yeah, you know, it, it was okay. Anyway, was I think I think the point is audiences just I, nowadays more than ever, like you were saying, look for the certified fresh or just the fresh rating to or see rotten, if it's worth their yeah. time to go. Mm-hmm. And if it's rotten, they're not going to make the time for it. Yeah. The movie's probably going to be out of theaters in two weeks. Yeah. But all of these other movies, if it's got that high score, if it's in the 90s, bring the family, we're all going. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the cast. Let's do so it. This is, a, this is an episode. I'm loving this. Starring Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Don Cheadle as James Rhodey Rhodes slash War Machine. What? Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff Wait, slash... Wait, where's Terrence? Black Widow. Uh, I got bad news for you. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. Mickey Rourke as Ivan Vranco slash Whiplash. Uh-huh. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. John Favreau as Happy Hogan. Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson. John Slattery as Howard Stark. Gary Shandling as Senator Stern. And Paul Bettany as Jarvis with a Stanley cameo. As Larry King. Yeah. Um, Another great cameo. Yeah. Very quickly on that cameo. It's so quick. Yeah. Um, and he he genuinely looks like Larry King. He genuinely looks <laughs> he like really Larry does. King. It's very quick. It's not one of my favorites because he doesn't really say anything. No, he, he doesn't. He goes, yeah. oh, Larry King. And he's just, it's a quick pan on him. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny to see him. I think still. they yeah. find that the beauty of a Stan Lee cameo is his quick little... Remarks like you always, you're always quoting, and you've done it on these episodes so far. Superheroes in New York, please. You know, like it's you need to give him like a little line. Right? I will do it for Avengers. You know, and that's even the, like you know, the movie he does. Even in uh, Winter Soldier, right when he walks in and the thing's going, I'm so fired. Like yeah. you know, it's uh-huh. just like the little clips. Tony Stank. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, a it's one. not just like the facial recognition. Like I, I love his like little. I want to hear him say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- it's it's again, it's just nice, it's nice, just to, nice see to see him. Um, Paul Bettany as Jarvis. Yeah, um, it's still really good. Um, he's not in the movie as much. He's as not me. in the movie as much, but when he does kind of pop up, he still has that like emotion and that snark about yeah. him. And you know, it's it's fun. I think Bettany is just uh, he's really like special to Iron Man, but also just like where that story goes is so fascinating to Definitely. see him become vision it, yeah. it really is like a special world and you don't even well, realize it until now and you kind of look at him and you're like oh vision's still out there yeah it's, and that's like paul bettany has really made a thing of this it's weird it's to cool. think that there's really only i guess th- three four i guess four people left from like the very beginning right like we have paul bettany and, have, and even then, I guess yeah. it's three because Cheadle wasn't in the very, very, very no, beginning. No, no, I was going to say Cheadle um, was not very beginning. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, the character of Rhodey is so you could count that, but it's but uh, Bettany is it's left. Bettany, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. and um, I just saw oh John Favreau, John it's Favreau, Hogan. yeah. Mm. So that's really it that are still floating around. I've kind of been hearing that Guardians three people are saying like it's like the goodbye to like the old MCU, yeah, which is fascinating. Which wow. makes me really want to see it. Yeah. Because wow. I'm like, they're like, oh, it's like the goodbye to like the Infinity Saga. And thing. then we're getting like, Stallone Ooh. and his crew. 
You're really I'm in on that. No. You really want to see Stallone take over. Just kidding. I'm Star Lord. No, I just I, <laughs> I, I I've, I've always been partial to Adrian. It. I've always been partial to it because I made a joke one time um, where like I made a pitch about Rocky, but it takes place in space. Mm. And uh, like Rocky meets Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. and then like he boxes, and then the like moon. three months later, they were like Sylvester Stallone to star in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah, I was like, I called this. Yeah, shit. yeah, it's amazing. So, but yeah, um, what are we talking about? Um, it was, uh, that was Paul <laughs> Benny. Paul, Paul Benny. Benny. Yeah, he's great. But uh, Gary Shandling is Senator Stern. I f- I forgot Gary Shandling was oh, in this wow. movie. Oh wow! When he pops up, I was like. Gary Shanling, and he's really funny yeah. in this movie. And he yeah, makes it. He, comes back. he sets yes. up to come back for yeah. a he nice comes little back role. And he, but he's really funny in this. Like just the whole like, um, I think how much he, he dislikes Tony. Yeah. But then at the very end, he's forced to give him the award, uh-huh. and he's like, "You've really earned this." Yeah. <laughs> just how annoying a little so prick can yeah. be. <laughs> it's it's very very funny, yeah. and I was like, I forgot Shanling was in this, and he's great. He's fa- he's absolutely great. I would have if he would have lived. I think he would have. Return, yeah. More. I think he would yeah. have come come back, yeah. yeah I would agree. I would have loved to see him, seen him in more mm-hmm. more of it. John Slattery is Howard Stark. It's a great role. It's a really yeah. great role. Yeah. We mentioned it's small, kind but of, it's great. yeah. Well, we mentioned kind of the Disneyfication of it. Like he is essentially yeah. Walt Disney. Walt Disney. In Here this. is the uh, city um, of the future. Yeah. <laughs> like what he said. I want to show you my butt. Yeah. Yeah. When they're doing the outtakes <laughs> thing, it's yeah. so funny. He's just walking back and forth, and he's like, ah. Can we get it? Can we go again? Yeah. Okay, I gotta that's, get my energy. That's some up. of my favorite stuff. Him like seeing the ghost of his dad through the videos. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really good. It's funny that, like, if you really think about it, Slattery. Like, I feel like Slattery. Like, I always thought him as like a big part of the MCU, but he's really not in it that much, right? Uh-huh. Like, he's in this. He's in Civil War for like a minute. He's in Ant Man for like a minute, mm-hmm. and he's in Endgame. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. I actually think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all it is. Because and then they have young, yeah, they have they young. young, young and I Avenger. guess I guess that's why, because Dominic Cooper comes in. Right. And I feel like I guess that's why I feel like Howard Stark is such a big role because he's in Captain America, uh, you know, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. and he's in Pe- Peggy Carter, Agent Carter show, yeah, the TV yeah. show. They just they build him up so much through the young and old version. It just, yeah. it really works. But I love his thing here, and I love when he does talk. Well, he's not talking to him, but I love when he essentially uh, is. Comes on. He, yeah. he essentially is, and he's like, Tony, you're going to figure... It's, 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 that's what I mean by character development for Tony, because he thinks his father didn't care about him at all. And then here he is on this video, and his dad's like, you're my greatest creation. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, it's, that's real mm-hmm. development yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And that, it It's like making peace with his past. We're watching Tony kind of go from like resentment to admiration of his father, like where he's kind of like, oh, my dad didn't. You know, do anything for me, or yeah. he, never, he never cared about me, and then and then he's <laughs> really, like, his dad discovered a new element, yeah, and then left it, and then <laughs> and left it, it for, it. and left it for him yeah. to figure it out because uh-huh. he's like, well, I can't figure this out, but you can. Uh-huh. So like he's then when he's like, wow, you take him to school one last time, it's like he's like, you know, wow, my yeah. dad really was a genius, yeah. was this, you know, whether it's a good man or or whatever. Like there's more to my dad, and usually, right. you know, when you say. You know, there's a little moment where he says to Fury, oh, you know, I guess you knew my father better than I did. And usually that is said in sarcasm. But Fury's like, no, I did. <laughs> like, I, I, I did. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Um, I worked with him. He was yeah. great. <laughs> I like I just like that moment. So <laughs> yeah. I like that we get a little bit more than, like, the random guy that's in the picture uh, in Iron Man 1. Like, yeah. there's just another guy, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I like that we get to flesh him out a, a little bit more. And Slattery sure. is pretty perfect He's for great. That. Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson. Um, small role again, yeah. but funny. Um, I love when he tells Tony he's going to tase him and 
watch Super Nanny while he drools into the, yeah. into the carpet. I thought that was very funny. And I was like, that's a great line read. And I just, I love their relationship of like kind of antagonistic towards each other. But like when Coulson's officially leaving, he's like, he's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to New Mexico. And it's like this whole thing. He's like, he's like, oh, great. And then he's like, yeah, bye. And they shake hands and they just walk. I'm like, this is so strange. Like they just, it's so weird. Like so they, they're kind of antagonistic, and he holds but up they the, respect each other. Like the prototype shield. What are you doing with that? And he's like, oh, that's perfect. That's what I need. Wedge it under the thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think he, I, it's nice to see him. I'm glad they worked him in here. Yeah. And uh, we get to talk about him more. Uh, it keeps, the, it, like that, I said, yeah, well, like you said, it keeps building that story of yeah. Coulson up to uh, that payoff in Avengers. Yeah. John Favreau is Happy Hogan. Good old Favreau. He, did, um, he does he do more in this he film? Does. He, he does. does. He, he definitely does. He actually he has talks. He has yeah. a little bit of a character. He yeah. has a great... I actually really, really like the joke where he's taking down the one security guard while Black Widow is taking down the whole hallway. Oh, yeah. She's taking it every... Yeah, and he's, like, just beating like, the crap out of him. I got guy. him! And then he I looks mean, and just everybody else is... So that's a great moment for Widow and for him. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a much-needed moment for Black Widow throughout yeah. this entire movie. Because this entire movie, it's like... We'll get to her, but it's like a whole thing yeah. with her to even get to that moment. But, like, it's, it's a great payoff for her, but it's also a funny moment for Happy... To just be fighting this guy that I got him. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> just a hallway of yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, he's really funny throughout the thing, the thing where he's training Tony in the boxing and things. Yeah, it, it's it works. Yeah, I'm happy to see him. I I'm think just, this is the first one where you really see there's a character in Happy Hope. Yeah, and he's gonna come back and do more. If, if he doesn't more funny things, if he doesn't do more in this movie, then we don't get him in like the no. Spider-Man movie. No, they right. cut him. So. They cut him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they show the relationship between him and Tony a lot yeah. more than this. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I just love Johnny Fabs. I love Johnny Fabs. I love Johnny Fabs. Yeah. Um, all right. Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. He's fantastic. So he's good. Really, he's really he's good. He's so good. He's really good. And that I, I love when... Uh, it, I think it's one of the best shots in the movie. When uh, he's fir- he first comes on the screen, but they have the camera on Tony and the donut. The donut. Yeah. And he's eating uh. the donuts out of the box. And he's got the sunglasses on. It's like the sunrise yeah. is happening. He's just like eating it. It's a great the scene they bring back for what if yes it's a great shot and I'm like that's a legend and then like Nick Fury just comes in the parking lot I'm gonna need you to exit the donut donut, (laughs) Uh, but they have like that great moment where like Nick Fury kind of steps in as like a father-esque figure to him and Mm -hmm. is like is like you can figure this out but you just have to like you need you need to figure it out because you can but you're you don't believe enough yeah. in yourself to do it. So I'm here to tell you, you're not leaving this building until you figure it's it out. It's Fury showing that he knows he knows everything. He can do it. Yeah, well, he knows everything he knows without everything. without knowing everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what this element is or whatever this is. Your father left me something for you to figure out. I think in this moment, it's what you need. Yeah. Like he knows. But he doesn't know, or maybe yeah. he does know. He's not like, entirely sure if it'll work out, but he's it, pretty confident it will. But I think he does. But I think he does know it will. Like yeah. that's the layer. There's we're seeing layers. the layers yeah. of Nick Fury. Like yeah. his uh-huh. secrets have secrets. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh, um, and he secret, is secret invasion. He is Wars. so. Well, I'll probably be in that too. He's <laughs> so good. He's just so good. He's so good. And I'm so yeah. glad that they. It's genius casting. Yeah, and yeah. I know. Like I know he's a little bit. Older, you know what I mean, to 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 be in as he's in these movies. He's in his seventies, late seventies, I think. Now, now, yeah, now. Um, I don't know. I'll, he's I'll, he's he's, I'll, he's up you. there. Yeah, I got you. Um, I got you. But I like I feel like at the time, like somebody might be like, oh, he's a little bit older to be in the you know in the action movies, especially if you're gonna 
have him in a B in all these movies. You know what I mean? Seventy four. Okay, so he's mid 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 seventies. Okay. But he's still he's still knocking it out. Yeah, yeah. but I'm it's glad that they Plus took that. Up. I'm glad that they took that chance and, and that we're getting that. Yeah, like yeah. um, yeah, I'm just I'm happy that the you know Ike Perlmutter or somebody didn't step in and be like, who's too old? You know what I mean? Like to build something around him. Or he's black. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't I think the not, age is gonna I don't be a problem. Been the age I mean, thing. that too. Yeah, that too. But, if William Hurt, it was fine. <laughs> Samuel Jackson was fine. It would have been because he was. Black. Yeah, but William Trust Hurt, me. they're not building the unit. He's not the central part of the universe. Nick Fury, for the first you know phase and a half or whatever, is kind of the central element of the Avengers universe. Right? He's yeah. the guy that puts the team together. He's the guy that yes. everybody looks to for yeah. answers. And then they kind of show that they again move past him. Yes, you know, but yeah. um, but he's perfect. He's yeah, perfect, he's perfect for this role. He's great. So I'm, I'm glad they cast him. Here we go, Mickey Rourke as Ivan Vanko slash Whiplash. Here, here we go. I've look, wanted I, my bird. Yeah, look, man, I I think this <laughs> performance. I don't know how Mickey Rourke got the role. I guess I, it was. I off do. Of, I think I do too. <laughs> I think it was maybe off some goodwill from that wrestler got movie an Oscar from 2008 yeah. right mm-hmm. like he got that nomination and uh i guess he was riding the goodwill of that i'm not sure he understood exactly what he what this movie was or what he was supposed to do um i felt he was very over the top i felt like he was hammy very hammy at times like i texted you the beginning of this movie is like they're trying they're basically like kind of mimicking the iron man sequence in the first movie when he's in the cave but he's in uh, Russia in a Russian apartment in a Russian yeah. apartment with a, and he's with a or, or Ukraine he's in Ukraine I he's think Ukraine yeah something like that and he's like building this this uh, whiplash suit uh, but the guy dies his dad his dad, his dad yeah. but he Anton. goes over Anton thank you but he goes over to him and he does this yell and he's like ah, ah and it's very hammy <laughs> yeah. it's very like off-putting like it's just not good that's what i mean how did this make it into the movie that's what i mean when i say he just seems very off in this film is what i'm saying when i say this movie and i think this kind of killed his career yeah yeah no i think you're right i think i think i genuinely think this role may have stopped any momentum he created with the wrestler (laughs) then he was on the mass singer where he ripped off the mask himself (laughs) did he really (laughs) he did an episode of the mask singer and he was they did the thing where like he in the middle after the performance like because they usually vote or whatever he just as he performs and he goes, I can't do this anymore. It's too hot. He just takes the mask off. <laughs> it's Mickey Rourke. Good old Mickey Rourke. So strange. <laughs> yeah, he's a strange guy. Um, but yeah, I just I, it, it didn't a, work for me. When I said that I thought the movie needed an edit, I thought the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, that's not the right way to open the movie to do Iron Man one over again, like the cave sequence yeah, within I, this Russian. I think apartment. they should have opened on Tony, and they could have built to that like yeah. that that stuff could have still happened mm-hmm. but instead of watching the opening of iron man or the ending of iron man one he could be watching tony do the expo or something like that that inspires and that it. pisses him off and that pisses right. him off or whatever and i i i like the idea of it but not the execution yeah so i, I think a lot of it's not necessarily his f- fault i think that you know they tell him you're going to be this russian character you're going to have these whips like I, I get him wanting to go big. I do understand. You're going to be this Russian character. We're going to give you whips. <laughs> Electric whips. I, um, I just don't believe at any point that he's intelligent enough to do any of the stuff well, he did. Yep. Yeah, he that's what holds me back from it. When you that's have exactly a character, what it is, too. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a character like this, it's hard to balance the intelligence with the physical aspects of it, right? Like You have to believe that this guy is this big... 
you know, muscle. Well, they, they, they were treating guy, him yeah. as the brawn and the brains. And the brains. And that doesn't mix well. Yeah. You can't be both. The thing that makes Tony Stark so interesting is he has the brains, but he's not necessarily he's, brawn. He's in shape. He's in shape, but he's not like... Yeah. Without like, the suit, like Mickey he's Mickey Rourke is yeah. like, he's yeah. like ripped in this movie, and then I'm supposed to believe that yeah, he, he looks can, good like, in the he's movie. Like, yeah, he looks yeah. great in the movie. But then on top of that, he's I, this like mechanical engineer and he's putting together these drones the little glasses yeah, and the, the computer. little glasses and yeah. a toothpick and he vaunts his bird and it's like this whole thing and you're like, that was more something. Arnold that was more yeah. Arnold they could have done something with him and, uh, and Tony to like you know they have like you know if they want to establish somebody strong fight the Hulk like they could have had something with Tony I don't know maybe yeah. in the beginning to like they matched like before they even knew they were enemies yeah. something if they were yeah. matched like intellect and something you know what I mean just yeah. to kind of you establish just, he has it they don't it. do it but an yeah. idea and where like, like the villain whole... the villain of Iron Man 2 is Bruce Banner huh. like you know what, what? I think that's an interesting idea yeah. Where yeah. they're conflicting on the sides of this yeah you know what I mean like I think that could be a pretty yeah. interesting idea yeah. actually but but like even like the whole story of like this family history of the Vancos and the Starks yeah. just it just and doesn't they throw, feel that, they threw that out of the window yeah oh they absolutely <laughs> did it just it doesn't make total sense to me it feels a little that feels forced to me like all of that stuff and they don't they don't commit to it either they're they like oh well, Howard Stark stole that but no, he really did. No, he really yeah. didn't. It's not really. Co- they worked just, on it together, like, but then the guy like, was bad, so he yeah, got the point. Yeah, so it's okay. Just, they kind of just go the route of, oh, Anton Vanko was kind of just a mad scientist. And I would have right. loved to see that explored that Howard Stark was a, a, a smart man, didn't need the help, but it wasn't maybe the best. Like maybe yeah. he did take some ideas from stuff and they did right. do stuff because, you know. As we might talk about with some people who may be in this movie, uh, people get credit for being billion, you know, genius billionaires when really they're just banking off the success of other people. Yeah. And when they actually get their hands on a successful company like, let's just say Twitter, uh-huh. they just tank it because they have no idea what they're doing so they and they're the just ground. out yeah. of control. You yeah. know, I have so. a hot take on Elon Musk. You like Elon Musk. I, I like Elon Musk. Get off the podcast. Uh, you know, no, dude, no, <laughs> no that's and, fine. And for that's, one reason only. That's all good. SpaceX. SpaceX. Twitter? No, he's obviously insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's no, I'm not he's, he's delusional. Insane. Personally, he's a he's Yeah, a he's bad probably dude. a total he's piece insane. of shit. Bad dude. I'm just all in on SpaceX. He's a bad dude. I just wanted to say. He's a bad dude, but you I, like, I understand the SpaceX uh, stuff. You yes. like SpaceX, maybe not Musk himself. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like the rockets. I will say, I think we... <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like the rockets. I want my rockets. <laughs> I like the Rockets. I didn't realize we had a child on the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm here. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, no, I no, I was going to say with the SpaceX stuff, yes. I, I do agree with you. I, I think we, we uh, just as a nation, you know, a little American thing, I think we do need to go back to space. I yeah, mean, really, it's fun. time. It's yeah. time. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I like space. Rockets and it's fun. And I, I do think that's a cool idea. Um, Musk as a person is is uh, disgusts me. Yeah. But I, I do think um, SpaceX is a cool idea. And I do think we need to go back to space, and uh, I, you know, space exploration yeah, is a really that, cool thing. That's but him like, riding off the success. It's him riding off the, his, in the I, ideas I, of other I, people. I totally get that, and you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. That's why I'm not giving uh, that him credit necessarily. But um, uh, yeah, look, Mickey Rourke. He's uh, I don't believe him. I, I don't believe that he's a great mechanical look, engineer in no. this movie. I might have been in a good mood. I I bought it. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he's the best villain. Well, well, let's hear you defend the computer acting. That's I, really what we're here for. I really like this. Look, I've said That's it before. like a CSI he's double some, computer type A level. I, I genuinely, I, when he's doing the, the mm-hmm. stuff, like when he said, I like 
the interactions he has with Justin Hammer, where he's mm-hmm. doing the drones, and Hammer's like, "Oh, we want to see the you know the suits. No suits. No suits. Uh, oh, yeah, the problem oh, with that for droids, me is no suits. Is that Justin Hammer's painted as an idiot the whole time too? Well, that's what it is. Just so you're smarter than like Justin Hammer. Okay. Yeah. Does yeah. it look like a helmet? This is like, you can't put this on your head. Your head is this? You can't put this on your head. He's fantastic. That no so suits. No droids. 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 Drones. You know, uh, not my bird. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I don't know, man. I just. I'm glad think, you. I'm glad you liked it. I but think I just, he, I, It didn't totally he was, work. I think he was. But I agree going, with you on the computer acting. He was going for a comic booky character, an okay. over the top, and and it doesn't fit with what Marvel. The, his performance is in a two thousand two early two thousands pre MCU right superhero movie. He's going for Paul Giamatti in the Amazing Spider Man too. I know that says, but that's later. But he's going for. That type of thing, right? Where he's going over the top, he's going big intentionally, and it doesn't necessarily fit this movie. But I, there's something charming to me about the performance. I don't think he's the best villain in the world. I'm not going to sit here and defend him. I'm just surprised but I just, that like Favreau let that go. You know, yeah. I think that's what it is too. I think I'm surprised that Favreau was like, okay, this is good. I enough. think a lot of that was Rourke. I think uh, mm. we'll go over what Rourke kind of brought to the role oh. what his intentions were sure. and i think a lot of that was he had an idea for what he wanted to accomplish and, and he think, just did it and i think they let him do it yeah, yeah okay. but i think some of it might have got cut out <laughs> um, probably for the better maybe there's a deleted right. scenes movie <laughs> no not not 70 minutes <laughs> um then we have sam rockwell as justin hammer he's fantastic in this movie. so charming he's so um, good in this movie elon musk thinks he's a uh, Tony Stark. Uh-huh. He's really Justin Hammer. He's really Justin Hammer. But uh, they should bring Justin Hammer back in the MCU. Yeah, they should. To some extent, because this guy is great. It's Sam that, Rockwell. He's you such think a great he would come actor. back in Armor He's only Wars. made yeah. one other little tiny cameo appearance in uh, the, the one MC. shot. And oh, he's in, in a one uh, shot. He's okay. in uh, Hail, All Hail to the King. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's at the end of it. Is it, is it I think it's like a post credit scene in jail. Oh, he's in the jail right, with. He he's in the jail with Ben King, that's Kingsley. Right. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah, and I okay. think they confirm that. Not that it matters, but I think is what they confirm in there that he's gay. I think, or they. they I they, think they have. There's like a joke or something yeah, they, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I have. It's been a while since I saw that one. I haven't seen it um, recently. But yeah, he should. I don't know why he's not. He should be back. back. He he's should great. be back. He's funny. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times he's repeating lines, he mm-hmm. kind of comes off as an idiot. He's 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 kind of second banana. Well, he is. He's second banana to Tony Stark and Stark Industries. Yeah. He just wants to be great at what he does, and he he can't because the competition's too good. And I like that he's always making deals. And is it know, the ex-wife? Is that what the, the name ex-wife? Is? The yes, ex-wife. It is, yeah. Uh, uh, so God bless good. Iron Man. God bless America. The end. The end. <laughs> Even when he brings in, uh, like when he brings in Ivan for the first time, he's like eating a dinner on a tarmac. No, he's, he's eating. What um, is he doing? He's eating ice cream. He's he eating goes, ice cream. I like to have my dessert first. Like, oh, I like to have my dessert. He's first. a child. He's a child. He's a yeah. giant child. Yeah. He's Elon Musk. He's a giant child. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, it's, he's so uh, charming. He's yeah, he's really entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. The little dance when he's doing the the robot and he's doing the droids and he's got yeah, the little and he's dance like, and he's like Navy, <laughs> Army, but he when, when he comes Air like, Force, he comes and he's doing this stage. whole thing. It's fantastic. And he's doing the little yeah. dance like, oh man, he's just well because he's 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 literally has the eating grin on his face because he thinks <laughs> I'm at Stark Expo doing the thing I wanted to do and he's just like hamming it up 
but it's hilarious because you know it's going to blow up in his face, and uh, it does. Yeah. But it's interesting because he's not really a villain because he kind of ends up helping them well, find he, where he Ivan is. He gets betrayed by Ivan. Which is why he helps, but yeah. it's not like he goes full evil and he's like, oh, I'm never going to well, tell he, you. Like He's kind of like, okay, he's he's at my he wanted, place. Go get him. He wanted to take out Tony Stark. He wanted to be in the the end of Tony Stark. but For sure. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he wanted, you know, he just knows that he's not. He's always going to be... Second banana. He's always going to be. I mean, he inferior. got played by Ivan. So yeah, we got played by everybody. He got played by everybody. I mean, he's kind of a pathetic character, yes, you is. know. But I would like to see bring like, Justin Hammer back. If they bring him <laughs> back, would you like to see him more like intelligent, like kind of him on top? Like now that Tony Stark with the yeah, passing of Tony Stark, maybe he's taken over the you know the armor industry or you know maybe whatever. Not, maybe and, not more intelligent, but like maybe still like a bit bumbling. But uh, has more has, successful, more maybe successful, a little bit more confident, a little more confident. Maybe can can read people a little bit better, and uh, isn't isn't played by every single person in the movie every, uh, to the point where so, it's like embarrassing for him. Sam Rockwell is one of my like personal favorite actors. He's I great. really love. I don't, I, he's not somebody I watch everything that he's in, but when he's in something, I know it's going to be entertaining at least. Yeah, you know, because he's in one. Of, he's in probably my favorite movie, The Way Way Back. Which is absolutely incredible. He's in one of my favorite movies, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, he is in it. So yeah, uh, plays uh, a, I believe he's credited as Punk Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure um, he's he's credited as Punk Kid in that movie. But yeah, I love him, and and I think that he, we mentioned you know, he was in contention for Tony Stark in the in the first movie. <sighs> And I think, you know... There is a world where that works. It, that does work. Yeah. There's yeah. a world where that works. But I also like that it's But like, could he do the cool beard? Well, probably That's not. That's question. But I, I like that he... <laughs> that we get this version... His version of Tony yeah. Stark, right? The, the inferior version... Yes. ...of Tony Stark. There you yeah. go. You know, he needs to come... He needs to come back. We need him back. We need him back. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson is Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow. Okay. There's a conversation here. A little conversation here. There yeah. is... She. This is the only movie this happens. Very sexualized in this movie. It was very off-putting to me watching this. Again I would because say I forgot it's... about all of this. There's literally like, you know, uh, close-ups of. Uh, she's in her underwear. She's in her underwear. There's close-ups of uh, her butt. We'll say. Yeah. Right. I, wanna, I would actually it's, say it's that all very um, like tight outfits, and she's kind of like the way she's speaking and the way she talks to Tony is in this like very seductive manner, and you're like, oh, this is kind of weird and yeah. it's very strange and they make the joke of like she's getting changed in the back of the car yeah. and you're like what is this and then she gets that moment at the end where she just kicks everybody's ass, and you're like okay great this is what and i want to see even, this is the black widow i know and love even throughout she gets a couple of moments like when she is when in she's the in ring, the ring with happy, happy she takes him down. Some, or even just like her showing up at the donut the, the yes. donut place and like things like that like she gets moments I would actually say that I don't think this is the only one that that, that, this, that this does happen, and I think that you'll see that there are quite a few other movies, or especially earlier on, especially when um, Joss Whedon is involved. Oh yeah, uh, I think uh, that very, opening scene in in, a, Avengers. in Avengers is a little yeah, where she's in like the skirt she's in the and she's skirt in the, the chair. chair. Or, I, you know, I, Joss Whedon does the incredibly funny joke where people fall into her boobs. Onto boobs. That's um, the you know, he well, classic joke. You, you know, Joss Whedon, that guy. Which he, he literally <laughs> does. Love that guy. He literally uses the same joke in Justice League. Yes, he does. Where the Flash falls on Wonder Woman's yeah, boobs. Yeah, he sure does. And it's funny yeah, it's it's funny because it's a guy falling on a 
of the guy falling on. Boobs. I was gonna say that. And I, let me tell you something: Zack Snyder's Justice League, not my Justice League. <laughs> I'm all for Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. That guy. You know what? That's another hero that we want to shout out on this podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> Andrew, you always tell me that that is your favorite Justice League. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, that's, you say. That's- the Snyder cut. Yeah, it's a superior, no, the superior it's the, cut. It's the, the Justice League. I think it's actually a pretty hot take, but, you know, that's... Oh, uh, this burns. That's how you feel. This burns. And that's fine. Burns. I support yeah, you. it is what it is, I guess. I actually um, kind of really like... I hate Joss Whedon. Go Black ahead. Widow in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll give you my take on this. Okay. okay. She's definitely overly, overly sexualized. That's, that's pretty common throughout, I think. Like, you see it in Avengers as well. I think this is really cool because this is... She's introduced as an assistant. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. not given the name Natasha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Smally, you don't go yeah. in knowing for sure, and I don't think when I first saw this I did, she's she's introdu- we see her as her um as her double agent before we meet her as normal Natasha, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is such a black widow thing and we actually get to be on the other end of it when we first meet her, mm-hmm. seeing her as this other person. And I think that while it's, you know, it did definitely didn't age well and, and it's it takes away from her being able to do actual character things the over-sexualizing of her. I think that story-wise, you could say that she was doing it because Tony Stark is a womanizer. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. And, and He's that's, a playboy, right? And that's how she was staying close to him and keeping him interested and getting hired. It and reminds yeah, me a lot kind of, of stuff. the situation in Fast Five where Gal Gadot on dresses and has to get the handprint from the guy. Like they're use, She's using her sexualized nature... As a weapon, almost like she's using it to mm-hmm. get she, she's using her sexuality. You can say that. Her, yeah, well, that sexualized yeah. nature. <laughs> it's a, it's a long day, man. She's using her sex her like sexuality. Serial killer. She's using her <laughs> sex sexuality to lower the defenses of Tony Stark, so she can get into his good graces and keep right. an eye on him. And it's only when she has you to know, interfere when he crosses the line. But the, the, I, I, see, I, think, I, I that's a really great point, and I, I didn't think really the, think of it that way. But I, it is interesting to still watch it because yeah. even, but even when Tony Stark's not there, it still feels like well, it's the, prevalent. The, the, the scene in this movie is the car scene with Happy, and I right. and I still think that that scene's like I still laugh at like. Her going, oh, eyes on the road, like him, like his reaction, like yeah. it's it's a funny moment, but you you're still like, oh wow, like she's really like her legs are in the air, her bare legs like, are in the air, putting like, stockings the thing, on. The thing is, like, does it need to be? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It doesn't need to. Well, that's right. the gratuitous stuff. That's the gratuitous. But like stuff. her being a, a, a better re-edit would have cut that. Yeah, I, I, that, in my re-edit, yes. that scene's out. <laughs> or we or it's we we don't see as much. We don't or need, whatever. We don't need to see the. the we don't the need trip to see there. It. You, you could. Yeah. You, I don't you could also, see the trip there. You could imply that we don't need to see her on camera in her underwear. You know what I mean? Sure. Like we don't need to see that. You know what I mean? You can still get the joke without having to see anything. I don't even but, know if that was her though. They could have just photoshopped that photo well, where she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what, what, did she pose for the?" No, but I mean, where she's physically in the car in oh, her right, bra right. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 and she's like changing her yeah. outfit or whatever. But the photo, like again, I understand that because it's it's we have to. Like you exactly what you said. We have to do what's going to entice. Of course, Stark's going to do a, a, a research on this woman. Who is she? We have to have something, some type of thing that's going to entice him, right? Her sure. being a supermodel, of course, it's going to get his attention. It's going to want him to keep her around because she is a supermodel. Right. He does see that, so I understand that. But there's also things like there's been clips of like her backstage or offset, you know, walking through and like John Favreau and a couple of other people like just staring at her like you know in her outfit and things like that it's like there is a little bit of a 
just the creepy vibe, like uncomfortable nature yeah. of it that, that's probably not needed. And I, I'm glad that we got to the point that that's no longer a thing with the character. Like, yeah, right. You know, and then there's the thing too is that people miss, people don't understand that you're, you make a really good point about that being this, she's doing this, that's, she's doing her job, right? right? Like it's not, it's not, oh, she has feelings for Tony Stark yeah. or she's in love with Tony Stark. People get that confused because I remember that by the time Age of Ultron rolls around where she does have an, they start an actual relationship with, with her and Banner. People are like, oh, she's just banging everybody in the Avengers because she had a thing for Iron Man. She had a thing for <laughs> Captain America. Right. And now she has a thing for Banner. It's like, she never had a thing for those guys, right? Yeah. Like there's a yeah. thing, there's a thing called like flirting or, you know, innocent flirting or just doing her job that she is. She yeah. is a spy and it's also friendship and she's right? a like, black widow too yeah. and you see they're, they're literally trained to use their sexuality yes. yeah. too and especially with uh especially with captain america with steve rogers it, it does feel like a friendship yeah it does it never feels felt. like a friendship and you always get the vibe that steve rogers isn't interested in her in that way no, yeah. Yeah. even if there is like a flirt there he's never like okay like it's it it's just not his thing. A, well, he, and he also has that really great story of the the man out of time, yeah. with the long lost love, and mm-hmm. that payoff in Endgame, which I can't wait mm-hmm. to talk about. But like, it is <laughs> like just three like, years. Yeah, in like three years. <laughs> but like, it, is, it doesn't matter. But like, it is like this this story with him where she's kind of just this thing here. But I always got that was a friendship. But like, you're right. She is kind of just doing her job in this yeah. movie. And she she does it well, and she gets. Yeah. I mean, she gets that moment where she just beats the living hell but out of those guys in the just hallway, destroys, destroys them. them, yeah. and that's a great moment. The original hallway. But your, yeah, your criticism is completely valid, yeah. and yeah. I agree with it. Mm. I just think that some because of it. I, I think some of it is is isn't, some, some of it is necessary. It's intentional. It's yes. intentional for Tony, but there are moments where Tony's not there, and it's still happening. Yeah. And I'm like. This isn't needed. Yeah. Like, this is where yeah. she can and turn it off. And some of it could just be an excuse, right? Here's our excuse. story reason, but that, let's zoom in on her yeah. boobs. It her, doesn't feel it, necessary. It doesn't feel necessary. And her yeah. whole thing is, I mean, even with Natasha, it's like, even when she's undercover, she's undercover again. You know yes, what I mean? She like, she's, she's never really Natasha. Yeah, she's yeah. undercover when she's undercover. Layers, it's again, it's, it's the Fury thing. It's yeah. layers upon layers yeah. upon layers. Mm-hmm. Um... Don Cheadle as James Rhodey Rhodes slash War Machine. I'm sorry? I really liked him in The Incredible uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ter- uh... Ter- Terry Howard. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> um... No, no. Goodbye, Terrence Howard. Hello, Don Cheadle. Hello, Don Cheadle. Uh, he's clearly the better choice, yeah. isn't he? He's clearly the better Rhodey. Yes, it's me. I mean, Get you over watch, it. You watch this movie, and he walks in, and you're like, oh, this guy is clearly the better choice. And then the banter and the exchanges between yeah. him and... Uh, RDJ just feels so much more natural. Yeah. Like you really watch those two talk and you're like, oh, they feel like friends. They feel like they've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. This guy feels this is way better. He's he's clearly the better choice. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. There's I you can never recast Rhodey again because it's like Don Cheadle. It's gotta be him. When we talked about Iron Man, we talked a lot about the cast as an ensemble and how RDJ is like a force. But you have these people who are in the movie who can go toe-to-toe with them and it yeah. evens it out. Like, in, in Iron Man 2, you have Nick Fury returning. He holds his own in every scene. Yeah. Howard Stark, he's not directly talking to Tony, but he somehow even holds his own in the well, you, scenes. Well, you can and see the... Don Cheadle. They, they Don fe- Cheadle. They really yeah. do feel like a father-son, the Howard Stark yeah, thing. That yeah, that dynamic. And he almost... You can see Tony almost being, like, the, the lower role there somehow, even yeah. though he's always on you know in charge. And then Don Cheadle, when he's War Machine... 
it just feels like he could just they can just rattle off at each other without yeah. you know so organically yeah. when they're fighting in the house at the, after the house party it feels like he's a legit like Cheeto's a legit threat you yeah. know can physically go toe to toe and and mentally go toe to toe you know or like verbally I the guess thing, the thing with him with is him. what I love about him is he's not afraid of Tony yes and I feel like Howard Terrence Howard would always feel subservient yes in a way yeah um, to to Tony, like he mm-hmm. always felt like he Howard always kind of had like a nervousness yeah. to the character. He wasn't Cheeto's like so confident. confident. Yeah, Cheeto is so confident. Yeah, even in moments where he's frustrated or he's he's supposed to be nervous, he's still confident. Yeah, and you can see that you need that to go up against Tony Stark, and I think that that that's what worked. Yeah, and I think there's I think this movie is a lot about their friendship and the deepening of that friendship because mm-hmm. if you're introducing this new guy and you're going to have Cheadle be in the war machine suit and introduce like hey war machine's here you need to deepen that friendship yeah. and i think this movie does such a great job of that too this like, movie really like showing these guys are close yeah. and this guy and in a way Cheadle is going to help him get over this hurdle he's trying to get over this yeah. addiction and I mean, he beats the living crap out of him when he's drunk. Yeah, you know, he like he's not afraid to stand up to drunk Tony. Like he just doesn't fear him, which I think is a great yeah. quality that Rhodey needs to have. Rhodey needs, like you said, it can't be Terrence Howard because Rhodey's not subservient to Tony. Yeah, he's not afraid he's, of Tony. He, he's not afraid. Of, he needs to be fearless against Tony, and he needs to be able to stand toe to toe with him. And he does. He, I mean, he literally gets in that machine. He gets in the war machine for the first time. Figures out how to operate it and beats yeah. Tony in a fight. I and you're like, whoa, holy yeah. shit. I would have to see them. I mean, not that you could have in that time, but like. He's not a dumb he guy. He figures it out pretty quickly. <laughs> but he's not. But that's the thing. He's not a dumb guy. No. Yeah, like, I think that yeah. shows that he's an intelligent guy. He figures it out. And this he's is, like, I can operate this. This is set a little. But also, oh. it, I think it's his military career that yeah. helps him. Well, yeah, he was a pilot. He, too. He's also been working with Tony on like this the project suits. on yeah. the suits like so he probably has knowledge of the suits and how, yeah. to, how to operate but even when around. tony's like being just like a complete dick to him right like like he comes out in that suit and what is what does tony say to him like he's like um he's like iron man doesn't have a sidekick yeah like he's trying to put him down and roadie's just like i'm just gonna kick your ass and show yeah. you that i am and then i'm right? gonna take and, your and suit and i'm gonna fly away with your suit and then even at the end of the movie he's like He's like he's like oh no I'm I'm still taking the suit yeah. like he's like I'm not asking and he just flies away with it and you're just like I just love that this guy can stand toe to toe with him and he, is just not afraid of it. Well, you have mm-hmm. to build you need this, that you had to build this movie to have the two of them back to back going up against these because droids. it's not interesting if it's two guys who one of them subservient and the other just. Iron Man. Yeah. It needs to be two guys who are on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. And there's still a little bit of tension, like, you know, oh, we need the biggest gun on the on the hill, and, oh, no, that's me. No, that's me. Like, there's like there's a competition Well, it's an still. ego competition. Yeah, it's an ego competition. There's still, there's still a bit of a pissing it's, contest it's, going it's, on. It's, yeah. it's Vin Diesel versus The Rock, right, you know exactly. what I mean? But, you know, it, but it's... But, but that's also funny. Yeah, when it comes yeah. time to it, it's... Uh, you know, stand it, together. it's them standing together, and I love again the little moments of like he's like, "Hey, did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah, good shot, good shot." Yeah. Like you know, like there's there's some real yeah, there's camaraderie some team up there. Yeah. yeah, even when they're down, you can't stay down here. This is the kill zone, yeah. and it's like this. And then they all come out, and 
oh that laser going yeah. around and oh uh, it's a great shot it's such yeah. a good, great scene yeah. yeah uh yeah i mean he really i'm just it's it's it like, was Brody, get down if he really awesome. was like we mentioned in the first episode or for the first movie, if he really was the first choice for... It would have been a completely different movie. He, he should it have been pro- picked from the beginning. It honestly probably would have elevated it to a five-star movie yeah, if that yeah. was the case. Yeah. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. We need to make a correction here. We did not induct her into the multi-franchise Hall of Fame because she's in Austin Powers. Oh my gosh, her. she is in Austin Powers. You're absolutely she's in Austin. right. So Gwyneth so welcome, Paltrow, welcome we to, made a mistake. We've, we made uh, a mistake. we've been keeping track of the actors who appear in multiple franchises. I was, I was thinking about so, this today and I was like, yeah. I'm just going to mention it when we get to her because yeah. I was like, oh right, she was in Goldmember and I was like, we didn't, we literally Sometimes did Iron we Man. Miss, we didn't yeah. talk about it. Yeah, but she is in. I think she's still great in this movie. I do too. I think she's still. I, I thought for whatever reason, I was under the impression that she starts to lose interest in this movie. Like by the second one, she's already like, ah, oh, no, I'm just done. I think it's but three. I think it's three too. Yeah. But in this one, I I think she's still great. I really do. I think she's still really great. I think there is a lot of chemistry with her and RDJ in this, and you can really feel it coming off the screen. I mean, this is the movie where, and she again, she's another person that stands up to Tony yeah. and stands toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she literally tells him, "Get out of my office." It's like this whole thing, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's just, it's very like, it's a great role. Well, I love, and she's very good in it. I love that they're building this ro- this romantic. Well, climaxes with that. Yeah, yeah, this this romance, this romantic relationship, without relying on it specifically. Like they don't they don't kiss. They finally kiss after two movies at the end of this movie. Yeah. It's the first time they share a full-on kiss together on screen. Right after she quits. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I think that that is a really... like I found that really effective. Like, I was happy to see them finally together and finally... They were walking this fine line of, like, will they, won't they, did they, have they kind of thing where he's saying, (laughs) I can't run my life without you right. I need you here I want you to have my company I want you to like all of this like yeah. they're very she's very clearly comfortable around him and when she gives he gives her the champagne and stuff yeah. so it's like and she even starts facing questions from other people like are you sleeping with Tony Stark very, to get this job yeah to get the job yeah. and things like that and I and I I find that whole dynamic to be very effective mm-hmm. um, and she plays that really well so yeah I agree with you Nothing out there, New Andrew. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, I was waiting on that. Are you? A, are you? Uh, are you not a fan of Goop? Are you? Uh, you know. Oh, all I've heard of Goop. <laughs> Let me I'm ask a... you something. Do you like eggs in your vagina? <laughs> I can't say. Hang on, I, I gotta light my vagina candle here, guys. <laughs> Everyone take a whiff. Everyone take a whiff. That is Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina scent. Enjoy it. That's a real um, thing. But yeah, no, she is. Uh, she's great in the role, though. That's what I'll say. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What we um, got out? Who else we got? Last one. Last one. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, there. Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Look, I said it from the beginning. I think this is truly a character development movie for him. Yeah. I don't think you can get to Avengers and Iron Man 3 and that amazing arc he has at the end of this entire saga and everything he does even before that with Civil War, Spider-Man. You don't get any of that unless this movie happens. I think this movie does a wonderful thing where they show him... Like, yes, he has growth in the first Iron Man movie, but he still doesn't, like, he's still an egomaniac at the beginning of this movie. That doesn't just go away because he's like, oh, I'm Iron Man. Like, it still is there. And even though there is that growth in the first movie, he still is, like, this playboy, this party boy. And he's still just, you know, he's like, oh, I'm Iron Man. I'm a hero. All this stuff. 
and he needs this movie. He needs that growth. He needs. Yeah. We need to see him making peace with his past. We need to see him conquering his demons. We need to see him become kind of this version of a leader that Nick Fury thinks he is. Yeah. And we need this movie for that to happen. And I, I think this is a very pivotal film well, for Tony Stark specifically. We get to... And well, I think that's... And, and I, I, again, I think that's why people dislike it is because, oh, it's not the action. It's not quippy. But I was like... But it's a character development movie. You need yeah. this movie to get the Tony we get later on. Well, like this, I, this needs to happen. He needs to do all of these things, all of these personal things, to get to that. Yeah. Like I said in the, the for the first movie, the beauty of Tony Stark is that he's a superhero. He's still a dick. Yeah. But he never stops yeah. being a dick. Yeah. And I think that that's what's And they literally kick this watch. movie off where he's still a dick. Yeah. He's still <laughs> selfish so. and egocentric yeah. and he thinks he's It doesn't the, just go away. He thinks and knows that he's hot shit. Right. He, mm-hmm. he knows that he's unstoppable. I mean, he's literally sitting in the Senate, right, and and just ignoring everybody or mm-hmm. just... Privatized world peace. Yeah, and just, like, shutting every, everything down and... Yeah, hacks their computers uh, yeah, and just, he's showing them. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really funny scene when he's hacking the computer and he's like, oh, is that Justin Hammer? And Hammer's, like, trying to <laughs> unplug it and he's, like, knocking all this stuff around like, um, he can't find the... F- plug and you're like it's a plug dude like he's like oh jeez we also see tony for the first time i mean for the first time clearly tony was afraid in the first movie right because he's being held captive he's being you know essentially tortured for the first time in his life yeah he's actually facing hardship in this movie you know without a physical threat i mean he's dying but we see tony like terrified like tony is he's scared of death he's stumped he's stumped he doesn't know how to fix this yeah even when he's captured in the first movie pretty quickly comes up with the idea of we'll make this suit we'll get out of here like he's only a couple minutes of him like you know actually scared not sure what's going on Mm -hmm. and in this movie it's half the movie 75 percent of the movie it's i am all out of elements and there's nothing else to fix this i am dying we're seeing these chips these palladium chips just getting fried and i think the dying aspect is a really interesting thing to play with in this movie because obviously we know he's not going to die but it's fascinating to watch this movie and see him kind of dealing with death and i think that ends up playing more of a part as we go through well tony is his saga Mm because you know there's that scene in age of ultron where he sees all of you know, the team defeated in front of Thanos and he fears Thanos and he starts fear. But I think it's also, he's fearing death in that moment. He's like, Oh my God, I could die because of this thing out in space could just come down and kill me. And I think that start. I think this is the movie that really starts playing with the idea of like, Oh, uh, Tony Stark's afraid of death yeah. because he doesn't know when it's going to come for him. He's always and running from death. He knows he's always he, running. From he death. knows he's only borrowed time from the second yeah. that bomb goes off. Yeah. He's on borrowed time, yep. right? Like even hearing about like the shrapnel on his chest, like it's almost like even after he gets rid of it, or it's almost like he always has that yeah. just circling around him. Mm-hmm. It's this. That's death. He's got this like aura of Con- death. Yeah, yeah, constantly, and he's and it it's haunts not, him for the rest of yeah, his arc. Exactly, and it's not like oh, he's going to do something that's going to put himself in danger, or it's going to, he's going to do something that mm-hmm. he's he almost dies from doing it. No, he's always just death looming over him, no right. matter what happens, and he's trying to have as much impact in the limited time that he feels mm-hmm. like he has, right. which is why when we finally get to, not to go into Endgame, but when we finally get to Endgame... I think it's the only movie we actually see him at some sort of peace. Yeah, well, when he's when they open that movie and he's mm-hmm. finally 
able to have a family. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm not on. You feel like I'm not on borrowed time anymore. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. as the much worst as thing the, that could have happened happened. happened I'm still here. Yeah. I have a family. I have this, you know, I have friends. I have whatever. Like, I mm-hmm. still have a life. Right. I'm able to move on. And, He's living and in a cabin. The world is maybe disheveled, <laughs> like, but I'm yes. I'm finally at peace. And I think, you know, like, that's an interesting angle. That yeah. And, and, something it, horrible has happened, but your heroes And that's what I'm saying. Settled. Like he, he, you, you can't get there without, without this Exactly. Movie. That's what I'm saying. This is a very pivotal movie, and I yeah. think people overlook it a lot. And I think this development, he goes to this movie and laying the foundation of this fear of death and this thing chasing him all the time and that arc of Thanos that he ends up becoming obsessed with, I think all of that starts here. Yeah. You need this movie to get where we're going. And even as ridiculous or over the top it is that he creates another element or a new element in this movie which they don't even bother I'm to I'm not even gonna lie to you I f***ing love that shit they don't <laughs> opens up it's and sick I, and he's just like he's like it looks oh. great and they don't even bother to name the element they don't name the element cause you know Why should they when, in the retrospective Starkium. there you go yeah in the retrospective <laughs> Starkium we always do um, you know we've started doing like trivia in the retrospective I'll ask questions about the movies that we watched um and I was like, oh, I can have a trivia question. What is the element name? They don't give it one. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give it one. Yeah. Why so, should they? Uh, Look, here's the thing. I, I love that stuff. I think it's great. Um, I also just love all of – just because we brought that element thing up and the whole AI. I love all of the AI work that RDJ does just through all the movies. Like his own – uh, like computers coming up, and oh, he's, and like, he's, he's like scanning and moving and throwing. Oh, he yeah. takes something There's, and throws it, throws it, like it a, and it says like score. Trash can and it's oh, like yeah. I love it's all so of that, good. and I think the acting he does during that is so well done. And I'm like, this is amazing. It felt like he was almost just on set, just grabbing yeah. imaginary things, and they just and they worked just around. And they figured it out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I th- I do think this is a really important role for him, but also an important film for Tony. Yeah. And, and you can complain about whether you like the movie or not. I don't think that he's ever given a bad performance. Oh, no. He's Tony still Stark. excellent. Yeah. I mean, he's still consistent. And you were saying all the character reasons. I think that like this movie's a big deal, too, because this sort of sets up the first team-up mm-hmm. for a franchise that becomes everything is team-ups. Yeah. So, you know, we get the War Machine team-up, but you also have, you know, Black Widow, not directly fighting where he is, but... She's doing things that affect the you know the the final battle too. So you almost get this three you know this three hero team up against the one villain, which becomes you know a formula for a lot of these movies going forward. So I think you know you know from a personal side you know learning to sort of play with others, mm-hmm. and then from a practical side just kind of establishing the spectacle of seeing more than one hero fight a battle at the end. I think is interesting. Yeah. 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 And then we get you know a lot of the other teases too at the end of this movie where we actually see footage from the Incredible Hulk in this movie. Yes, on we the do. screen mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, so it's setting up that this is a universe and these things do matter and we see these folders and these things and, you know, because that's the other thing too is I think technically, I know it's this way in a comic but I think it's still canon in the movies is that Iron Man 2, Thor and the Incredible Hulk all happen within a week of each other. Yeah, Fury's big week. Yeah. There's a one it's, shot. It's on all. It. Well, it's a, it's a comic. There's not a, like a video. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, comic. It's a comic. Um, but yeah, Fury's big Fury's, week. Fury's big week. Yeah, yeah. it all happens. Like a children's in, story. It all happens. Well, it is a comic. Oh, it's, you know, 
Yeah. Oh, comics are for children. No, but I think this one oh, is actually. I think that one's geared a little bit more. I did the research on it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. And the retrospective, I actually think it is geared a little bit more towards children. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Um, not fully, but a little bit more. Yeah. Like when Samuel Jackson read "Go the f- to Sleep," <laughs> geared more towards children. Yeah. Play that for my son <laughs> every single night. Every night. Yeah. Every night. I think they sort of touch on that on the What If too, don't they? Don't they? I think they, they do, have yeah. the overlapping stories happening like right well, consecutively. I don't know where it stands, but I know at one point, um, I might have this might have been during the pandemic. Marvel released a, a like a MCU timeline of when everything ha- mm-hmm. happened, and like they moved up like some dates. And the MCU timeline overall is kind of messy. Like if you're trying to track years, <laughs> yeah. But I think they have like yeah. the f- events of the first Iron Man taking place in 2010, and this one in like 2000, late 2010, 2011 ish, kind of. So like I don't know. Like, 2008. I know yeah. it's it's oh, well. it's weird, you yeah. know. But it, you could have just said like 2008, and then Iron Man two happens two years later in 2010. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess, but I guess because they want to line everything up, and yeah, they, in this fine. movie they say. It's only this one's only six months after the events of the the ending of the first one. I think. I think they say it oh, in this sure. movie. It's, it's I think it's just six months later. It has to be because uh, yeah, Ivan. So Ivan gets into America in six months. Yeah. That's not realistic. <laughs> well, well, no, <laughs> he no, he doesn't go to America. He, remember, he goes to it's a, is it Morocco where the race is happening. Oh right, it's not in oh, America, right. and then they bring him to they America. They bring him to America, but he still gets in illegally, right? Well, no. Uh, well, I like to bring in Tucker Carlson. <laughs> now so he can tell us why Rock, why Rockwell immigration brings him, is a threat Rockwell brings him to America yes you know yes. He's he in like a, him and he's yeah. eating the ice cream yeah. he's in like I a Russian you. prison or whatever and they, they you're right and they you're kill right. him yeah. yeah you're right so alright so I have a little synopsis here let's do it um, we can talk about this, this real quick we can talk about the story yeah we I don't think we're going to spend all this time on Iron Man 2 this is fun uh, when Tony discovers that he is being poisoned by the material inside his arc reactor, he enters a life crisis that is propelled into even more chaos by a forgotten family rival and a cheap business competitor looking to destroy Tony's legacy to form their own. Yeah, there you go. It's a great synopsis. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's an interesting story. Uh, I feel like I said that every single week. You do say that every uh, single week. But it, you it literally is. sit here and look across from me and go, "I think it's an interesting, interesting story. story." And it is. It is. A, it look. Uh, I've already kind of st- in my whole character development thing. I think that's why the story yeah. works because I think it's a character development story. Yeah. Um, look, it's is it a little convoluted? A little bit. Um, it, are the characters a little too over the top or cheesy? One to, of them is to be taken completely serious as rivals. A little bit. Yeah, one of them is. Um, is there some great computer acting in here? One hundred percent. I would say it actually so. blows everybody off the screen. That's how good it is. Some great computer acting. It's great computer acting, it's man. great computer acting. That's it's why they brought him work. in. He's they got said, Mickey Roar, we're going to get some good computer acting out of that guy. <laughs> little glasses, oh, the toothpick work. Well, <laughs> let's, let's turn it into to our opinions. Yes. What, are your, what are your overall thoughts on this uh, on this movie? It's a step down from the first movie, yeah. for sure. Um, but it's not a bad movie. No. It's a solid movie. I would revisit this. I think it's really fun, and it. I, I'm surprised how much I got out of it this time watching yeah. it. And I think time oddly enough, has been very kind to this movie in a weird way. Like, with the story beats they hit with Tony later on, I think that's why this has aged better because of that. Not Mickey Rourke, although the computer acting has really aged well. But I think uh, (laughs) all the character stuff they hit in this movie, I think that's what makes this movie a little bit better. And I think time has been a little bit nicer to it, a little bit kinder to it. Look, you make fun of me for using the phrase, like, they're fixing it or whatever, right? 
But what I mean, what well, I mean, you've when done I, that specifically with Thor: The Dark World, what which I mean is a bad say, movie. What I mean when I say that, <laughs> you dance for them. Is that when they, as the beauty of a connected universe is that as they go through these, uh-huh. they can tell stories at different time periods, at different points, and fill in some gaps that you might have. And I think that they are helping to elevate, even in the slightest manners, manners some movies. That as we go through, like we mentioned, when this movie came out, people were like, oh, what's all this S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff? Why is it all here? Why is this forced into this movie about Iron Man? But as we go through and we see the part that S.H.I.E.L.D. plays and how important they are and the part they play in the Avengers, you go back and go, oh, that makes sense as to why that's there. What I will say right now is that it doesn't feel like they were fixing Iron Man 2 when they did that. It felt like there was a master plan already in in play. They wanted to start it in Iron Man 2, and all of it pays off later on. The difference between this and Thor The Dark World that you have claimed they are fixing, you are on record as saying that, continually... I'm getting mad. You continually tell me (laughs) they're fixing it, and I don't think they are. I think they just kind of threw a thing into Endgame or Infinity War there and, and, and tried to make it like... Oh look, it, it's it's an important movie now, and then I just I don't know. It doesn't really work no, for me I'm there. Not, and this isn't Thor: The Dark World. No, Rock, and I'm and I'm like, not. I, but I want to hang on. I just want to say okay. I'm not sitting here saying that the movie is automatically a great movie mm-hmm. or even a good movie. I'm not saying that by any means. But they're adding more context to the movie that when you watch it, right. there are certain elements that are tweaked a little bit that work a little bit better. I I'm get not, the vibe that you think it's better because of that though no and I, I get the vibe that you, i think you are that like we, they're fixing it and making it good we understand a little bit more character development and I, I, you're using Thor the dark world but i think they do this with a lot of other stuff i think the uh-huh. whole mcu does it with a lot of with a lot of different elements sure with different things it's not just that's the one because that's the biggest example because you know or I whatever use, i use that movie but, in particular because it's a but bad even, movie even wanda and, even wandavision i think they fixed they helped fix the relationship between Wanda and Vision that's really not existent in right. a lot of the MCU, right. that they're but, filling in gaps and, and giving was, more. That show was necessary to do that. But I don't think it was necessary to go back to Thor The Dark World and try to make it better. I just think there's context. It's just fixation on one example that it's I'm It's fixation saying. on one example, yes. Because I think uh, that movie is bad and I get the vibe that you're trying to sell people that it's a good movie I'm now not at all. Because <laughs> they did a thing in Endgame and now it's fixed. And I just... And I did air quotes when I said fixed. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's still a bad movie regardless of what they do later on to elevate it, uh, as you're saying. I still don't think it's good. I still no, don't think it's good. And I don't think it has to be good to to say that they're adding more to it. Okay. That's yeah, my argument. That's I'm not enough. saying it's a good movie. But this isn't Thor the Dark World. No, but <laughs> I, I, I just want to. I, I wanted to defend myself right. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're right. But but I, that's what I think the be- but that's what I think the beauty of a Marvel of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is that we are getting something like that. So you saying, oh, this worked better than I remember it because I think we have context now for for sure some of the stuff that's happening in Iron Man too, and we understand why Shield's there or. Why, but again, why, I think Shield was a master plan. No, and I and I and agree I think with you. Thor: The Dark World, the the mom stuff, and all that doesn't feel like master plan. That feels like oh, we want to try to make it better. Hey, man, we, I moved on. We want to quote unquote. Fix it. <laughs> I moved on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, what are your opinions on the movie? Yeah. So, so it, Thor: it's... The Dark. No, I'm just <laughs> go ahead. Let's talk Thor: The Dark. Malekith. <laughs> uh, Malekith. Best villain in the MCU. They're fixing. Uh, 
Yeah, so uh, I, I, have a f- I, I tend to, when I'm, as I'm looking back in these movies now, I realize that I, I sort of view all of them. I don't really look at them individually. I kind of do view them more on a like a, a wide scale and sort of look at the you it's, know it's episodes in a television series yeah, yeah. that's kind of how i view it i, I kind of view it as just like the kind of the next stop in the universe and i would say that as a movie just watching it it's good mm-hmm. not incredible um but uh you know as sort of the next stop in the phase as we're getting toward you know avengers and everything uh, I really love it. I, I right. just love the what they do, um, the groundwork that they lay. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy lifting movie, and, and they they somehow make it really enjoyable despite it having to do a lot of different things. Right. So you know, I kind of I liked it more. Uh, the more and more I did, we talked about it. I was yeah. Just, yeah. Cool. What are your uh, what, what rating? Would you give this movie? I give it three and a half stars. Yeah. What are you? I would give it. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I couldn't go four. I would go three, three and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm three and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought the movie was really solid. Like I, again, was pleasantly surprised by the movie. I myself remember you had mentioned kind of before introducing your wife to you know the MCU, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the situation that I had um, before too. You know, um, with my wife, it's like, oh yeah, you know, this is not you know not the best, and also she, she didn't, she doesn't like. I think she's taken to the character a little bit more but she didn't like the character of Tony Stark when we watched Iron Man and she mm-hmm. was put off very much by him because he is a dick and he is kind of he can be off-putting and I think I she was him. put off and I love him too but I think she was off put off by him before so when we came to Iron Man 2 she had like no interest in the movie because she just didn't even like the character in like the first movie mm-hmm. um, so I think that might have also tampered my opinions in the past like because right. when you watch a movie with somebody who's not enjoying it it does kind of make you rethink a movie a little bit, even if something that you might have enjoyed in the past. For sure. But I, you know, watching this this time, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I found myself really liking it. I, I kind of convinced myself it wasn't a good movie, and I was like, no, this is better. That's why I texted you, um, Original Recipe Andrew, uh, in this week after I watched it. Like, this is, is really good. It's really solid. Yeah. And I, I was really not, not really impressed, but I was I was impressed for what I thought the movie was. For sure, you know. Nice. So, and that computer acting is just unbelievable. <laughs> Blows so, everybody um, off the screen. All right, uniqueness. What stands out to you in this movie? Mickey Rourke's computer, computer acting. One hundred percent. What else do we need? Um, um, yeah, no, the character development of Tony. Um, the, the 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 reliance more on the the script than yeah. uh, maybe the improv. Like you said, it does feel um, scripted. It feels more yeah. scripted. Um, uh, even though we kind of discussed earlier the that the sexualization of Black yeah. Widow and how that is kind of uh, something that we don't see in Marvel anymore with with female heroes in particular, yeah, and John Favreau uh, just in general like <laughs> his acting and his direction and Mickey Mickey Rourke for all intents and purposes Mickey Rourke is unique in this he movie. He does stand out. He does stand I've out. I want my bird. Oh, and uh, Justin Hammer. Yeah, what of course. Is, standouts for different reasons. Yeah. Yes. But like, uh, yeah. What yeah. stands out to you? About my bird. My standout is I want my bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I, my Mickey bird. Rourke, I don't know. Like, uh, when we think back on like, I think phase two gets a lot of it, but phase one should really get some of it too, where we talk about like, yeah, the villains are kind of kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, you know... Like, because I just genuinely enjoy the movie. Yes, it, it connects to a lot of stuff. That all stands out. But when I think about this one, it's kind of just an example of, like, wow, 
they've come a long way with the villains because right. they really were just kind of there just yeah. to kind of serve the purpose to mustache twirl yeah. and to die. And even this one, one it's, movie. Yeah, one movie in the first one, you know, the idea of like hero and the opposite version of the hero. Right. It's still yeah. basically another I'm Iron, Iron Man, Man without yeah. a mask and I have like whips. whips. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this is just another example of sort of forgettable villains and I'm, I'm happy we're past that. Um, all right. Uh, does this bring anything new? Some really special um, computer some acting. Some really special computer acting. Um, well, it brings the S.H.I.E.L.D. story in. It does. It, bring, yeah. it officially yeah. really brings the S.H.I.E.L.D. story it, in, which is something that they were dropping in the previous two movies, um, but it really comes to fruition here. And we kind of get a little bit of the origin story of, like, oh, Howard yeah. Stark with S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think that's a really new element to this. And it really starts to lay the groundwork for... It's, it's not just an Iron Man story anymore. Yes. It's starting to lay the groundwork of this is... An overarching story this is connecting all of these heroes yeah. in this big moment we're going to get when we get to Avengers. Right. This is the one that feels like we're in a bigger universe. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't feel There's like we're more in out there than even just though Iron Man. Technically, now. the Hulk, and we see Tony Stark at the end of the Incredible Hulk, even though the Hulk is set in the same universe, it yeah. still feels very trapped into the, the Hulk storyline. Like yeah. It feels like yeah. we're stuck with this, and there's nothing much out there besides Banner's story. Mm-hmm. And this feels like, even though we're seeing Tony's story and what Tony's going through, there's a whole world out there. Yeah. And even, you know... You get uh, the vibe, there's more. And even, again, like the little... Oh, and then the post credit scene. Yeah, and yeah. the little use of Easter eggs, like the Hulk footage being shown, yeah. or Wakanda being circled in the background of, you know, on the map or whatever. And yeah. I think it's in this movie... And yeah. Fury's well, map even, and uh, stuff. Namor's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I forget what they call it. It's not. They don't well, call it. I know, but I think it, I think at this time it was considered Atlantis. You right. know, it's not. They, right. they change it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Iron Man starts the universe. This one expands the universe. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the flagship. Um, what is the best scene in this movie? Oh boy, I have to go with every scene. Marky Rourke is on a computer. I have to go with the Iron Man War Machine team up. Okay. at the end, Beautiful. I just I think it's a great fight. Um, I love the banter. I love that they're like officially like let's do this. Like we're friends. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna take these guys out. And it just crescendos with that great laser. It's so it's so good. And then the Mickey and then Mickey Rourke shows up, and <laughs> that's a. Cool, that's a quick fight. Yeah, like, he, gets, he gets beat pretty yeah, quick, pretty and I quick. was like, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's not really a threat. Um, but like, you know, it's a quick fight. But even even that, it's 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 fine. But like, I I do like that team up a lot. I think it's a real standout. But I could also make an argument, and I think maybe I, actually, you know what, I'm gonna change it. I think it's all the donut shop stuff. I think okay. that opening shot on uh, Tony and that the donut. Is great. And then Nick Fury walking out, and then we're really starting to break. All that really works for me. I love that. Yeah. Um, I like the donut scene. Mm-hmm. I like the end fight. I like uh, the Stark Expo opening with him at the Stark Expo. I like Justin Hammer's presentation at the Stark Expo. Yes. I like the Senate. Um, I think I'm going to go with the racetrack scene. Yeah, I really like the Ooh, racetrack nice. scene. I'm going to go there, too. Specifically, the briefcase Yes, scene. because the briefcase is such a cool... The briefcase is cool. Iron Man suit. I remember the trailer. It's just, that looks, it looks so cool. It still yeah. looks great. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. yeah and how he... And but him, even when he's trying to get the suitcase and, like, uh, Whiplash, he's just cutting the yeah, car off. Like, Tony, Tony's like, I need the case. Like, <laughs> I need the case. But he's a little drunk. Yeah. And he's kind of, like, wandering. He's like, just give me the case. And then he finally gets it. And when he really like uh suits up it looks great yeah so good. yeah yeah and it's a nod to the fact that uh 
the suit in the comic books was carried in a like a suitcase like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, because people didn't know he was Iron Man or whatever. They yeah. just kept finding cool ways for him to suit up to throughout the. Yeah, movies. yeah. Like he got the the one he had the when he, when he did the chest thing. Yeah. Oh, and so Infinity cool. War, right? Oh, yeah. Infinity War. That's yeah. so cool. Like the Avengers like, jump oh. off the building one's cool. Yeah, yeah. I like the briefcase scene here too because this suit is like a like a light version of it. Yeah, it's it not doesn't have the, the bells and it's, whistles it's of a full suit. Yeah. So they sort of, it just feels more real when they put limits yeah. on it's what like, they it's can like do. It's like a Mark point five. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, I, 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 I got I to gotta pick. I think there are surprisingly quite a bit of scenes in here. That the, really stand out. The, yeah. the, uh, the stuff with him developing a new element and him, yeah. and him watching, I really liked him watching the tapes. With his father. Of yeah. his father. That's good the stuff. The scene that I don't really care for as big as it is is i don't really love the party stuff it feels very awkward and i feel like it just slows like the at his down. apartment him at his birthday party oh his yeah. birthday party yeah. yeah even even when he's like on the microphone doing stand-up it yeah. feels very uh, she wants silly. the gallagher like i was like okay like it's yeah, just... the gallagher joke uh, has not aged well <laughs> gallagher's racist i know he is. um but anyway uh <laughs> All of that stuff is is um, yeah it it does I agree with you it's a little awkward and that's what I mean though where all that stuff feels very scripted yeah like it doesn't feel like we're getting our DJ pretending to be dry and like shooting off one liners it feels like all of that was written and he has to kind of, like I I feel like he didn't come up with she wants the Gallagher I feel like she wants the Gallagher was written and he yeah. was told to say it. That's yeah. what it feels like. It, it it gives me vibes of to, like Tony Stark at a party in um, Dubai, bringing three women into a room to have his way <laughs> to have his way with. Like it's just. Can we give another shout out to Ghostface Killer on here? <laughs> Incredible rapper. They brought these girls for you. Incredible rapper brings girls to Tony. Threesome in Dubai. Technically, he only gives them two. He picks up the third one in the hallway. So, so it's a foursome in Dubai. Yeah, it's, a it's a foursome. Yeah, that's right. It's a foursome in Dubai. It's a foursome in Dubai. Can right. we get um, that 70s movie? Although technically... <laughs> that's ten, a different movie. But technically... I just want to see the one shot. He never <laughs> joins them. Literally. Yeah. He, he never joins them, so it actually is the a money threesome. Shot. That's right. I want the money shot. He, he never joins them, so it is a threesome. Because they start, he tells them to start with Adam. Thank you for he correcting me. He never joins me. them, so it, is, it actually is a threesome. It never becomes the foursome. All right. Connectivity. How does this uh, Dubai fit, threesome fit in with the rest Money of shot. the franchise? <laughs> Marvel <laughs> announces that on the Phase Six slate, right between like Thunderbolts <laughs> two, Dubai threesome, money shot, money shot, and then in parentheses it says one shot. <laughs> this is our okay. second R rated property. How, how does so this sorry. fit in with the rest of the franchise? Uh, um, look, I, I think it's a continuation of uh, Iron Man because it literally starts with uh, uh, yeah, thank you for watching one, yeah. the TV. Um, but it's also a, it's also the first movie, as we keep saying, that lays the groundwork for the overarching story of the team-up, of the Avengers, of what this is going to become. This is kind of the movie that sets up, it's a bigger world, and this is a universe. Yeah. Obviously, picks up and continues the story of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. but it's also the one that's tying in the Incredible Hulk and setting up mm-hmm. that there's more out there. Like you mentioned, the post-credit scene, we're seeing, seeing Mjolnir. Mjolnir and Thor's hammer down there, and being like, okay, there is more yeah. coming. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and and again, even in the inclusion of the movie, Coulson saying, "Well, I have to go to New Mexico." Yeah, and being like, "Oh, well, here, what's in New Mexico? Well, let's find out next movie." Right. So, we get like six nods to the different Avengers that are coming down the road with Thor, the Black Shield. Widow, Iron Man, yeah. 
uh, Hulk. Captain America's shield. Captain, Captain America's shield. Yeah. That's another one, too. And then, um, you know, you get, like I said, you know, the Hulk there, too. And so, you know, they, they talk about all of them sort of yeah. setting it up. Yeah. Is this a worthy continuation to yes. the franchise? Yes. I think it is. Yeah, yeah without I think a it doubt. is. Especially picking up after uh, the Hulk. Yeah. Oh, big so, time. Before we do the future of the franchise, let's do some casting. Some fun facts. And I have a third section this week again called Terrence Howard, John Favreau, and Marvel Drama. Oh, good. So, okay, right. hot cool. gas. Uh, uh, <laughs> casting. Samuel L. Jackson had contract negotiations to return as Nick Fury and was promised more screen time and eventually secured a landmark nine-picture deal to return for this film and other Marvel projects. I projects. forgot about the nine-picture deal. I remember that was announced and that was like a big deal. Yeah, and it, it was like the first time that had really been done. Yeah, yeah, nine pictures. And he does all nine, too. He does, yeah. yeah. I remember when we got to nine, people thought he was going to die. And that didn't happen. No, he continued. And he continued, and, and he just around. keeps coming back. I'm happy they, 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 they made it work. Yeah. You know? But when you get somebody like Samuel Jackson, you got to lock him down. You lock him yeah. down. And he knows his character so yeah, well. Yeah, well, especially because it's not like he's getting when you get the Sam- biggest roles. When you get Samuel Jackson, you put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> you Beyonce that. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson allegedly wanted the role so badly, she dyed her hair red even before getting the, the role. That's surprising. I'm, I'm, mm. I wonder if all that... Stuff was written into the character. I guess it was like in the script. Yeah. It's fascinating because what we hear, I've heard her talk about it in recent years, and she was like, "Yeah, I didn't really like that." And it's kind of like, "Oh, that's interesting that she yeah. wanted the role so badly." Well, I also think that she wasn't, or maybe as, she was younger and she was just like, "Just I she want wasn't that, as I want big, that Marvel money." She wasn't as big of a name, yeah, right? She, and this made her. It's made her a name. Yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, Do they, they offer this Emily Blunt? Talk about it. Okay. Yeah. In a way, actually, this is kind of the movie that kicks off Scarlett Johansson. She's, I would actually argue, is one of most prominent actresses of the 2010s. Yeah. And, she's, and this movie kicks yeah. it off. I mean, she's yeah. been in stuff like, because she's in Lost in Translation and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, she's not, like, prominent in No, she's not a movie star. This is the movie that kicks yeah. it off, and, like, everything she does after this, people go to see. Uh, Don Cheadle, as you mentioned mm-hmm. this uh, in the first one, was at his uh, kid's birthday party when he was offered the role and only had a few hours to accept. Yep, and he did. Uh, Emily Blunt... Was meant to be Black Widow, but had to back out due to scheduling conflicts with Gulliver's Travels, starring Jack um, Black. She made the right choice. So, well, she had she had to. She had no choice. <sighs> she was cast in the role of Black oh, Widow. Was was too set to be Black I Widow. I could really see her done it, doing a great job of Black Widow. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't gotten her. Why well, now she else. said she doesn't want to do it, kind of, and then obviously there She's was a rumor for a long time. Yeah, like, but then, there, there's the also, ones. but then there's also that rumor of Krasinski and her are gonna, you know, yeah, uh, Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. And Fantastic we clearly Four, got, but I don't think Is that no. Adam Driver thing happening. It's a ru- the rumor is Adam really Driver. Rumor. It's really that strong. He's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, that he will be Mr. Yeah. Fantastic. Really strong. Really strong. Like a rumors. lot of like reputable. <laughs> There's a stuff. giant smile on your face right That's now. That's so exciting. Yeah, dude, he's one of my favorite. Actors. It's not Fantastic. confirmed. He's so not good. confirmed, but bigger sites. I hope it up. that happens. Yeah. A lot he of is. sources are saying yeah. that that guy can do anything. I mm-hmm. man, that guy can do anything. A that lot. is the most prominent actor of our time. He's going to go down as like yeah. a generational talent. That dude's unreal. Because so sorry, it's not Adam Driver. The rumor is that he's unreal. He really is unreal. The rumor is that he doesn't want to do because there was rumors that he might do Doom. Right, but it's like he doesn't want to. He did. He doesn't want to do he all did that. Yeah, he he, did, he was he, already the um, big bad. He was already the big bad for Star Wars. Yeah. Why does he want to do it? Again? Let's do something different. It's like I don't want to do Kylo Ren 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Make him a hero. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. So I'm glad that you know I, I signed that nine picture deal, Adam. Yeah. There was a <laughs> there was a time that I want it. Blunt and Krasinski as 
the, the power couple would have worked, but I think we're I think we're moved past, past that, especially yeah. with Krasinski. We got Krasinski as Reed Richards. It was nice to see, and, it. and we got to see it on he screen. Gave it, he gave it to us, and, and, and he, we got it, and he was. It, it was, was fun. Great. It was yeah, fun. It was yeah, fun. but was we great. don't need. I, w- I want to see something different. We want yeah. to see something different. We want to see Adam Driver, black hair, Mister Fantastic, long. Just ah, uh, he, he could play the whole side of it, the he smart side of it, yeah. the nice he side of it. He do everything. Man, I gotta love him. Sam Rockwell accepted Stretching the roles. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Rockwell accepted the <laughs> yeah. Sam Rockwell accepted the role without reading a script due to enjoying working with John Favreau on 2001's Made and being a longtime friend of Justin Theroux. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, Mickey Rourke almost backed out of the film. He should have. Due to the initial payoff of $250,000. So they lowballed him pretty they low-balled. hard. They lowballed Mickey Rourke because I was telling you. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty surprising because this guy's coming off an Oscar nomination. And have you seen have you seen The Wrestling? I haven't, but I heard it's great. It's really. I've it's heard really, it's really have you ever good. seen The Wrestling? Yeah. It's really. I've heard it's really good. It's really yeah. incredible. I'll check it out. Um, I think Mickey Rourke lowballed his performance. Some, uh, <laughs> some computer acting. That's a highball. People a considered for the role of Black Widow: uh-huh. Jessica Biel, Gemma Arterton, Natalie Portman, Jessica Alba, and Angelina Jolie. Well, we get one of those people uh, in the well, MCU later: Portman mm-hmm. and Jolie. Oh yeah, Jolie's oh, in Eternals. Christ, yeah. She's in Eternals. Oh my gosh. Yep. Well, that. Is, that's how memorable, memorable she is. They're apparently um, considered. Jessica for the Alba role. would be weird, considering she just did Invisible yeah. Woman a few years prior. Yeah. That would be weird. But I'm glad they uh, settled on. Uh, yeah. Who uh, they did? Eliza Dushku actively campaigned to play Black Widow, and obviously did not get the role. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Edward Norton was rumored to appear Jesus. as Bruce Banner <laughs> gonna say in Black the Widow. film to help set up the event. I actually know what this is. I I've seen I, this is this is a real thing. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man flies to the Arctic, and Bruce Banner's there about to kill himself. He, himself. he pulls the trigger. He watches the Hulk come out, and then he's like, "Oh, holy!" <laughs> and then he flies back to that's the one shot. Yeah. And he flies back and yeah. Yeah, meets exactly. with Thunderbolt Ross and goes making a team. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Brie Larson. You're mad because that works. <laughs> Brie Larson, uh, the internet's favorite actress, Brie Larson, apparently auditioned for the role of Black <laughs> the Widow. The internet's favorite actress? Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite actress. Okay. Uh, Brie Larson, apparently auditioned for the role of Black Widow. Oh, she wouldn't have liked it because it would have been sexualized and she would have gotten mad. And uh, Tim Robbins was considered to play Howard Stark. Oh, Tim Robbins. Yeah. He's great in mm. Shawshank Redemption, yeah. yes, which I'm is. sure he loves hearing. Uh, all right, Every fun. time you mention him, I yeah, see no. Shaw's <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sure he loves I'm sure he hearing that. <laughs> fun facts. Uh, the photo of Ivan being arrested that Tony looks at while researching uh-huh. him is an actual photo of Mickey Rourke being arrested That's for drugs. So <laughs> funny. <laughs> they really oh, like... That's funny. They kind of kick the actors for like their things. Because remember in the first movie, they guy, the guy went to Tony or went to... Uh, Downey mm. about how to make like prison tea and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, like, yeah, okay. Toilet water. Mickey Rourke consulted on a lot of his character's features, including the <laughs> tattoos and the teeth. He wanted to perform half the role in Russian, <laughs> and he wanted the character to have a pet cockatoo and paid, <laughs> paid for the bird and the teeth <laughs> out of his own pocket. He's so, uh, it's his fault. It's all his fault. It's all Mickey Rourke's fault. He's f***ing insane. He's insane. <laughs> you really buried the lead on this one, Ryan. Mickey Rourke. I get why they, they, they lowballed him. He's walking in with ideas like that. They're like, I don't know, like 250? He's talking about a f***ing bird. <laughs> he wants a f***ing cockatoo. <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> the conversation was literally how it is in the movie. He just walks and he goes, I want my bird. Could you imagine Kevin Feige after Mickey Rourke walks out, he just leans over and he goes, let's do half the movie in f***ing Russian? With a cockatoo? Oh, we're going to we're we're cast this? We're going to cast him. We're doing this? We're doing this. Robert Downey Jr. gained He's 20. just crazy enough for us. <laughs> 250. We're not that crazy. 250. And he has to buy the cockatoo. No pocket. <laughs> Tattoos. Tattoos. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Robert Downey Jr. gained 20 pounds of muscle for the film. He does look good in this. Good for him. Yeah. Hammer's yeah. factory is actually the SpaceX facility. Oh, look at that. Hey, there you go. There you um, go. Mickey Rourke said the hardest part about his role was pretending to know his way around a computer. <laughs> but the computer acting is so good. <laughs> That's what makes it even better. He's so good. Mickey, Thank you, Mickey. Mickey Rourke visited. I love all of the Mickey Rourke facts you have in this. <laughs> This absolute nutcase. This maniac. Mickey Rourke visited a Russian person in Moscow. What the f***? What the f***? Those people are being tortured. And they work and then they die. And he's just wandering around like, oh, tell me about No way. They're so abused in these prisons. This guy's a maniac. Oh, man. I get why Foggy chose him. <laughs> Sam Rockwell uh, improvised the dance out. Hammer does while uh, coming on stage at the Stock Expo. Nice. That's good. Mickey Rourke complained that a lot... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just sprinkled in. Go ahead. Mickey Rourke complained <laughs> that a lot of his character development scenes were cut from the film. Oh, no. <laughs> you gotta oh, build no. that character up. I'm, I'm assuming because more of I'm assuming because he wanted to do the movie half in Russian. There's probably 25 minutes of him talking. Just in cursing in Russian <laughs> at his birth. It's like 25 minutes with him in the cockatoo, and he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> bud, <laughs> oh the cockatoo, oh tweet tweet, oh tweet tweet." While filming the racetrack scene, Zappelin Sakatash. While filming the racetrack scene, they played Gnarls Barkley's crazy loudly to help Mickey Rourke get the rhythm of the whips. What the f- <laughs> what? what is this? This man is They could have brought in anyone else and he would have just did his <laughs> job. Mickey Rourke required a cockatoo. Dude, to be a fake fly. Teeth. To be a fly on the wall <sighs> filming with Mickey Rourke. I just, I want it, I want it one day. This is insane. There is a popular fan theory, oh. you'll know this, that the young boy wearing an Iron Man helmet that Tony saves from a drone mm-hmm. is actually Peter Parker. John Watts, the director of the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man movies, and Tom Holland have publicly supported the theory with Watts suggesting to Feige that they retroactively make it canon with Feige agreeing that it was plausible. Yeah. And nice. they basically come out and said, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, I think okay. Feige just said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Feige was just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's um, fine. Sure. If that's what you want. Yeah. Every instance Here's of the word... Everyone's <laughs> my bird. Uh, every instance of the word Russian was made inaudible in the Chinese version of the film. Oh, uh, cool. Like a little fast in the censorship. A crate that Tony uses to create his new element is labeled Project Pegasus, which is featured in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that. Okay, cool. Composer John Debry recorded the score in four days. Four whole days. John Slattery is only less than three years older than Robert Downey Jr. is. Nice. Fun thing about the soundtrack, very quickly too. I don't know if you have it in here, but I'll just mention it quick. Uh, ACDC, they play a lot of, there's like a lot of their songs used throughout this movie. I think it's uh, only twice though. They released uh, like the soundtrack like, yeah. of Iron Man 2 and it's all these ACDC songs. And it's actually kind of like, 
in a weird way, ACDC has come out and said, oh, that's like our greatest hits album, yeah, essentially. So instead because of having they don't a greatest have, hits... They don't have a greatest hits it's album. The, it's it's Iron, Iron Man 2. 2. Iron Man 2 soundtrack is the greatest hits album of ACDC, oh, which funny. is very fun. Uh, this was the high, the seventh highest grossing film of 2010. Seventh? Seventh. Oh, wow. Seventh highest grossing film. Uh, the film is dedicated to DJ AM, who passed away before the release of the film, mm. and appears in the film as the DJ at Tony's party. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Robert Downey Jr. recommended Justin Thoreau to Marvel for the job after working with him on Tropic Thunder, which Thoreau also <laughs> wrote yeah. or helped write. Hell yeah. Uh, and the film was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Academy Awards, but lost to Inception. Oh, no, no, that's fair. All right, Terrence Howard, do you John think, Favreau. Do you, think, do you think Mickey Rourke was mad he didn't get a supporting actor? <laughs> do you think Probably. he was mad? Was he, he, was, he was like, I spoke half Russian, I had the cockatoo? Come on. All right. we're, we're, Whips? The no teeth? More, no more the teeth? Mickey Rourke. The tattoos? We're done with Mickey Rourke, okay. but we're talking to Terrence Howard. Let's talk Terrence so, Howard. Terrence Howard, John Favreau. Have we talked Harry Math? We have. And Marvel drama. <laughs> uh, Terrence Howard. You was, can't tell me one times one equals one because it's two. Terrence Howard was obviously replaced in the role of Rhodey by Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. Howard claimed that he had a three-picture deal and matching salary that wasn't honored by Marvel. Uh, Entertainment Weekly claimed that Favreau hadn't been happy with Howard's performance in the first film and would reshoot or cut his scenes, which allegedly led to John Favreau and Justin Thoreau reducing the character's screen time in the second film. Nice. Uh, Marvel apparently asked Har uh, Howard who was the highest paid actor in the first film, to accept an 80% pay cut for the sequel because they didn't view Howard as vital whoa, to the film's whoa, success. Boy, oh boy. Howard claims that the real reason why his pay was cut was because of Robert Downey Jr.'s reported 2,000% salary increase. Mm. Once Don Cheadle was cast as Howard replacement, the role was beefed up again. Justin Thoreau, however, denies these rumors that the role size fluctuated. So basically saying that's not what it was. It wasn't like we... Tried to cut him out of the movie or anything like right. that. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on with that. In a 2015 Rolling Stone interview, Terrence Howard went into details about teriology, which is his own language of logic. <laughs> he just developed secretly <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Could you imagine Terrence Howard and Mickey Rourke on I was the set together? Say, this is, I, I want to see them together. That is just um, another level. So they he, would never finish this movie because these. <laughs> Maniacs would have been walking around with cockatoos talking about teriology and Terry Mouth. <laughs> the behind the scenes so, would probably be fascinating. Uh, he, he developed secretly over Terry's the years. Terry's talking to the cockatoo. Yeah. All right, teriology. He developed secretly over the years <laughs> uh, while waiting to patent it. Uh, the main use of it being to prove that one times one uh, equals Jeez. equals two. Quote. This is quote from I believe the Entertainment uh, Weekly interview. How. <laughs> How can it equal one? He said, "If one times if one times one equals one, that means that two is of no value because one times itself has no effect. One times one equals two because the square root of four is two. So what's the square root of two? Should be one, but we're told it's two, and that cannot be." Whoa! Oh my God! Howard publicly shared his proof on Twitter, where it was heavily criticized for containing multiple logical errors and faulty reasoning. Yeah, we know. We know. We know is, it has faulty reasoning. Like, is he wanting for work? Like, what's he doing that he has this time? <laughs> I don't know. He also it's just like I don't have it in there, but he claims that like in his spare time he like like patents stuff or like he's like he's has a whole like, workshop. He has a whole that. workshop where he's like developing and like practicing this like stuff. And he's so I don't know if he's got like an abacus in a corner somewhere and he's going one, one, two. <laughs> like, I'm 
That's really concerning. He should oh be seen God. by a licensed health professional. Um, he's also well, he, he's he, also a mad scientist. So he said he was. He said he went to school for uh, for engineering, but he didn't finish because apparently he got into an argument with his professor <laughs> over his logic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, John Favreau though. John Favreau had friction with Marvel while making the film, with executives demanding constant rewrites during the film. Marvel wanted to beef up the presence of S.H.I.E.L.D. in order to emphasize their importance in the MCU before the Avengers. This is believed to be why Favreau did not return to direct Iron Man 3. Mm. John Favreau's 2014 film Chef is widely believed to be an allegory for his time making Iron Man 2. Chef is really good. It is. It's a great Have you movie. seen Chef? I've not seen Chef. And RJ has a cameo. But in it's that. about this guy, this, this uh, chef who's working in this restaurant and he's really talented and has all these wonderful ideas, but he's constantly being told by the manager of the restaurant, you have to make the same stuff. And the guy's coming in and constantly being like, stop making original stuff. You have to make the same stuff. We're doing the same. And this critic comes and he tears apart this guy for being lazy and cooking the same stuff. And he's like, I can do more. And he has a meltdown on the critic. Yeah, on the critic. And and it blows up on Twitter. Yeah, it blows up on Twitter and stuff Hmm. like that. But then the guy's like, you have to... And it, he's like, he challenges the critic to come out again, and the, the the restaurant owner comes in once again and goes, "No, you have to still make the same stuff, even though he tore you apart. You still have to make the same stuff." So but it's the movie, like the movie basically it's not all in this restaurant. He gets a food truck, and there's a really mm-hmm. great like it, arc it, with that. He goes in He goes in. It's a great movie. He explores yeah. the creativity, the creativity of cooking once again, and finds his passion and love for cooking. No, again. I want to see it. Yeah. Similar to. Favreau as an artist being yeah. told by Marvel, do the same shit you did before. Right. Stop trying to change your shit. Yeah. And then him having to find his love for filmmaking again. Watching so, him make the Cubano in that. Yeah. But it's a really good, it's really interesting to watch that thinking about yeah. the restaurant being Marvel and right. all that stuff. Like, right. that's actually really, you know, interesting. So, yeah. all right. Future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? Yes. I want more. Yes. Yeah, I, I you know. I'd like to see an Iron Man 3. I'd like to see a good Iron Man 3, but you know. We'll get there one day. <laughs> Fortunately, we won't be talking about it this um, phase. What do you want to see in the future? I want to see more Mickey more Mickey Rourke. I kind of want to see Mickey Rourke <laughs> and Terrence Howard together in a movie, in an Iron Man movie. Give me a Mickey Rourke variant. That's what I want. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I just want to see Tony's story continue. I don't really, I, I don't really have an idea for what I would want for Iron yeah. Man three because by the time they get there, it's like I think the unfortunate thing about Iron Man three is that's following the Avengers, and I think whatever they did after that was probably not going to be look I, stellar. So it, it it just kind of feels like a contained story again. The biggest and it is what it is. I don't know. That, I, it's 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 odd. The biggest problem that they had is that Iron Man's biggest nemesis in the comic books was the mandarin yeah and they were afraid to tackle the mandarin for reasons whether that be offending somebody or putting off an audience or you know stereotyping or whatever you know they were afraid and like we mentioned or i mentioned with a couple of the other you know the first movie and stuff like that like he kept popping up in scripts and they're like favreau's kind of like i don't know if i want to touch this so like it's hard to where you go when the number one rival that you have hasn't been used, and it's somebody that you're afraid to use, and Marvel was for a long time afraid to commit to some things with cultures and stuff like that, such as the use of the ancient one and how that was, you know, that race was changed and gender right. was changed instead of depicting yeah. it because it could be considered offensive or it could 
put off you know, certain countries or whatever, and they're afraid. They were afraid for a while. I feel like they're finally kind of they're embracing it. More. They're embracing it now and being like, "Well, we don't care if you don't want this. We're just going to make the movie, and you yeah. have to accept it." Yep. Yeah. You know, so cool. Um, what franchise star would you add to this franchise? Oh, that's a very good question. Hmm. Um, I guess like. I don't know. You get I, you got Mickey Rourke. I mean, do you need anybody <laughs> else? Sam Rockwell. Um, it, it, it's so weird with Marvel because it feels like they get everybody anyway. So who would you really add? That's it's tough. It's, this is it's, tough. It's, it's too tough because it feels like they get everybody, and you're kind of like I don't know. Um, I yeah, you can get uh, who hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet. It's been well, at this time, a lot of people. Yeah, you know. I guess we're thinking about that in a way. But it's tough because you could think of, of all these other people, but it's like, oh, well, they've been in it later, but they could have been. Yeah. Like Harrison Ford would be a great choice for this time. Obviously, he's going to be in it now, but right. I think Harrison Ford would be a great addition to the I, Iron Man I universe. I think that they had the most charismatic antagonist in this with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Amazing actor. He's already there. I don't know who I would have put in, but I would take Mickey Rourke out. <laughs> <laughs> I would put somebody in there who... Was like I would just I he would have been like the brawn to me, where where you said uh, Andrew you said brain and brawn didn't work right they should have just made Sam Rockwell's character brain the brain mm-hmm. and they should have made Batista sure somebody in there the brawn and yeah. just let him be this raging over the top funny character and and you should have just teamed them up that way I if think. you do the mandarin maybe you could have done an earlier story where tony leung was the mandarin then. i would love that yeah yeah, yeah maybe I would love that. and uh, i mean obviously the the way he's depicted in shang chi is so good yeah like one of it, the better villains in a long and it's time so but different it would be than interesting. the quote-unquote mandarin that we know of exactly whatever, yeah. it would be right. interesting though to see him pop up in an iron man movie and that dynamic with rdj especially yeah. with tony leung that's who i would take then yeah absolutely all right, well, this is the time where we have to rank our movies. So this we have easy. three movies yeah. now. Um, so let's start at number three. What's rank number three? <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. It's uh, Iron Man, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, number three. Number two. Uh, Iron Man 2. And number one. Iron Man. Yes. Easy yeah. going, right? I Yeah, and I don't think the Hulk is moving. <laughs> just my personal opinion. I don't think that's going to be moving up the list. I think uh, it's probably going to be last but, by the time we get through all these. But they're fixing it. Mm. I'm not going to be. I will. I, I will not be baited anymore. They're, they're fixing it. Though. I will not be baited anymore. Betty Ross is coming back, yeah, and Harrison Ford. Be. Yep, Captain America: New World Order, or as I call it, Incredible Hulk Two. Let's bring them I, all back. I heard they're going to the leader. Yeah, the leader. Because that's a Captain. America I heard they're going to release a uh, edit of the movie where it's just Mark Ruffalo and Harrison Ford just glued over the screen. Yeah, I can't just wait. Like... Can't wait. <laughs> um, all right, you guys have any closing comments or thoughts you want to say about uh, Iron Man Two? This is a very good movie. Um, I think it's one of the I, I think it's like I said it's a more important movie than people give it credit for um, it's a character development movie it sets everything up um, it, it, it's a solid movie man it's a really solid movie and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to yeah. and maybe it was just because I had the bad taste in my mouth from the Incredible Hulk, Hulk. Yeah. but regardless I feel like I walked away from this like yeah this is pretty great this is pretty great and um, I would happily revisit this and I think more people should go back and give it like yeah. maybe like a reappraisal and go, mm-hmm. oh, this is actually better now that we've seen everything else that's happened. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, just a really fun movie. This movie, like when when I when I see it, it just reminds me of what it was like 
to be in that first phase. Yeah. And it's the, I get the same feeling when I'm just enjoying watching a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Anything in the MCU where you get the interconnectedness and it's kind of funny and interesting, you know, some drama here or there. It, it just gives you that feeling of being like, okay, this is just a really good Marvel movie. Uh, and sometimes it's, you know, you don't need the most impactful thing in the world with every movie because it's a universe of movies yeah mm-hmm. so i think this one's just a really fun stop and it's obviously important for the rest of them doing this has really showed me why i did fall in love with these movies and what what was important about, about that and how this all came together and and like you know because i do feel like when you do get bogged down with some movies that were a little bit more subpar or maybe not up to the standard that you were hoping for or you would kind of in your mind set a standard that marvel had to hit, right? Like, you know, you're coming off of Infinity War, Black Panther, Endgame, like, all within pretty close, you know, connection to each other. You're like, wow, Marvel can't miss. Marvel's Mm -hmm. awesome. And you think, yeah, there were things, you know, that maybe were a little bit missed that weren't weren't as great. But you also see, like, the simplicity of it all, but also the... The thinking of it all, and you're like, wow, that's why I fell in love with it. Right. So I've really been enjoying... That and yeah. and um, and each week I'm looking forward more and more to revisiting and watching mm-hmm. these movies and, and, and going back to this world. So I, I enjoyed this and I'm, I'm glad I gave this more of a chance than I had pre- previously. Right. So I'm I'm looking forward to continue next week. Yeah, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah, it should be good. I'm excited for it. Um, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Thor is really well, fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. What I'm excited for Thor is uh, the three of us saw Thor together in a movie theater. We did. That's right. We did. We did so see it's theater. Right. Yes, we nice did. To see. In fact, um, I, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, um, tomorrow mm-hmm. is the... It's not any specific anniversary, but tomorrow is the anniversary of the release of the movie Fast Five. And we saw Fast Five in a theater together, the three of us. Yes, we did. And I just Great wanted experience. to sit in here to you know together mm-hmm. on the night before that. I just wanted to because we talked about. That. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember that night at all. I remember that night. We had a, that's a very special movie theater experience for us. Um, and, and the raucous crowd, just everybody, oh, yeah. just the raucous crowd. I remember lined up for that one yeah. outside. We were lined up. We, we went were lined in. up outside. Everyone was cheering, and it I just was remember, raucious. like, yeah, that it was, was fun. yeah, like to show that, like, it felt like a stunt show. Like everybody was there to yeah. just have fun. Yeah. That guy who screamed "Dad, sound the theater." Uh-huh. Like, I remember <laughs> that night. Dad, yeah, that was like, funny. It just was. Just so, just like, just you know, the fact that the three of us are able to sit down and talk about this movie all these years later, talk about, talk about movies all these years later. I just, you know, I wanted to throw that out there. You know, yes. it's nice to reminisce about that. I know? agree. That so, time was good. Oh, right, it was. It was incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that's currently our number one rated movie on this whole. Oh, is thing. it? It's a great movie. It's that. great. It's Genuinely great. I'm not a big Fast and the Furious guy. I know. Yeah. Don't shoot me. But no, no. Uh, Fast Five. The series as a whole, as much as we I, we enjoy it, it's flawed. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that more in the retrospective because that that's, that's when we go over the rankings and everything. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony. Big thank you to Andrew here, new Andrew, for being here with us. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. You you bring some good energy and some good thoughts, and and I know you're passionate about this, so it really comes off. So thank you for being here. Having nice fun, sir. Um, very nice. Thank you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. It's FranchiseMe, just one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. 
Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where each episode we break down all the franchise movies in a year. Don't forget to check out our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Make sure you come back next week as we head to Asgard and discuss Thor.